What if these things can read our minds? This is a safe sex zone. Simple, beautiful fish. Good night, campers. Turn on, tune in, talk movies. Welcome to the Video Cult. At the center of the universe, at the border between the light and the dark, stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages, the Sorceress of Grayskull has kept this universe in harmony. But the armies of darkness do not rest, and the capture of Grayskull is ever most in their minds. Oh, I, I don't think I put enough thought into starting off on no? this one. Well, every time I like go to start, it's like, I, I, I want to start these episodes differently than I start the cult meeting episodes. And I was like, I'm going to just ask a random question. And I was like, that's going to take us down a 20 minute rabbit hole. Yeah. And me and Gabby are going to just more <laughs> debaucherous stories, yeah. throwing up on people and stuff. So I, I don't know. I, you know, um, if we're going to go jump straight into it, this is one of the few m movies uh, that we've done that I own <laughs> like on DVD. I think Siege being the only other one. Um, but this was a movie that I, I hunted down uh, because, and I, I think way back when in the first episodes I talked about how I spent so much time just on IMDb uh, reading about stuff because at best you would get a, like a 280p 15 second <laughs> TV ad or whatever would be there that would maybe work if your internet was good enough. Um, so this was the one that I always wanted to hunt down. Eventually found it at the library and I can still vividly remember the first time I watched it. So I've, I've been in love with this movie for a, a long time. Yeah, this one I was really excited when you revealed it to us because Masters of the Universe has such a reputation, right? It appears on so many worst movie ever lists and I think, as we'll see, it, it really doesn't deserve the, the hate that it gets. But it is the kind of movie where its reputation and, and the ideas around it really kind of precede it and, and color people's views. I know it colored my views. I was like, oh, we're doing Master of the Universe. Isn't that legendarily bad? <laughs> right? That was the first thing I thought. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm happy to report that uh, I had a really good time with this movie. If I can ask a question to you guys, though, because we're we're not quite all the same cohort, but we're close enough. Did you guys have any Masters of the Universe toys? Not growing up, but Castle Grayskull is sitting on top yes. of the shelf up there. That I got as an adult. Okay. Um, I didn't have any He-Man toys. I was sort of aware of He-Man, but mm -hmm. I don't remember when. It's like it's like fucking uh, a Christmas Carol. It's just always existed. It's just always been in the lexicon, yeah. and I, I can I don't think I could ever tell truly when it pinpoint when I knew of He-Man. I, I certainly didn't see the cartoons until I was much older. I had a fucking PlayStation Portable, and they used to sell the fucking like movies and shit that you could watch on it. And I had like three episodes of He-Man on a UMD disc for PlayStation Portable. Oh like that was the first time I ever actually watched an episode of He-Man. I think beyond that, the fucking Hey He-Man song is probably about as okay, <laughs> yeah. much as I know. <laughs> yeah, I had a bunch of the toys that I got from thrift stores, but I don't think I ever really knew that they were He-Man as a kid, right? Playing with them as, as like a six-year-old. It was just blue skeleton man, right? Like it was, yeah. <laughs> it was just more action figures. Because I was of the Ninja Turtles kind of generation of of that '80s pop culture. I missed He Man was a little bit earlier than that. Mm. I think at its yeah. its zenith. And uh, one thing that I'll say though is the the vehicles for He Man 
kind of like the vehicles for G.I. Joe, kicked ass. They were so good. Mm. They were just nonsensical garbage. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm so happy that later on in this movie, we do get to see oh, yeah, uh, the, like a sweet the... hover barge type of thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. What about you, Gabby? Did you have much He-Man or no. Jason? No, absolutely not. I had Barbies, which I described in an earlier episode that I actually played Saw with, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, He-Man, She-Ra was another one, like, again, just passing. Non- I did watch the new She-Ra show that was on Netflix, She-Ra and the Princes of Power. That was uh, great. I liked that a lot. And it's funny because in that show, the bad guy w- does like the hologram addressing people thing that fucking Skeletor does in this movie. <laughs> Fantastic. I love that part of the movie. Yeah. Oh, and then when they do it again, but it's just fucking flipped because it's the same yeah. guy. It's all <laughs> yeah. like lined up and captured. Yeah. All right. Oh, but God. before we get too into it, well, I got, I guess some background stuff. So it was Canon films that made it. That's typically why people associate it with being so, uh, terrible because canon just has this big reputation and and has made some garbage movies but also has made a lot of very watchable ridiculous stuff like masters of the universe or cobra and things like that but this movie killed their company because oh wow canon's whole thing was they would go to can mm-hmm. uh rent out pretty much the entire hotel across the street from can and have their own little weird thing going on where uh um Menachem would make up, have a bunch of posters made up for movies that didn't have scripts, did not exist. And he would just make up a plot based on the poster and they would sell that. So they were getting investors based on fake plots for movie posters of things that didn't exist. And then once they got enough money, they would eventually write something and some movie would get produced, but it was not a, 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 a model that could sustain itself for very long. Like the company is around for 10 years or whatever uh, amount of time that they did. And they had some hits. They like Stallone was in there. Uh, Chuck Norris is in there. They, they did have some movies that made money, but then after a series of flops, this one did not make enough money. It was expensive for its time. It was like 30 some million dollars or something like that. Um, but they were, they did this and they did Superman four, which also did not do well. <laughs> uh, and, and again, and both of them were like, the bleeding their budget like they they were taking money away from both of them to keep the company afloat and then they were supposed to make a Spider-Man movie as well uh and they did not uh, oh, what a world company. we could have lived in <laughs> right <laughs> oh yeah God. um i mean there's already if you want some live old live action Spider-Man there's both the 1970 show and then there's Japanese Spider-Man oh my God. uh where he like has a fucking like mech walker thing and shit and that show's awesome that show kicks ass <laughs> um but yeah so this it tanked uh canon uh this is the only movie this director made uh there was one other movie he wrote he was like a co-writer on another movie he directed this but he mostly did a lot of theater and uh setups for uh like amusement park rides when they have like a lot of theming and a show so he directed all of the live action portions for the terminator 2 3d a battle across time ride that used to be at uh universal studios and he's a pedophile so oh, we're just gonna oh, throw that oh, we're just gonna get that out there wow. so you know goose from top gun he molested goose from top gun no, <laughs> no, goose. yeah no, anthony goose. edwards Got molested by this guy and other people, but it was it it, it was only like recently that it came out. Wow, this is and it seems this kind of seems to be a thing in the industry. It's like with people like this, 
people enjoyed working with them. You know, they they would kind of come in to fix things. Like, and again, like a, a weird, a strange list of credits mm -hmm. that kind of are around amusement parks and like one other movie. Um, but then ended up being a pedophile. So, <laughs> so they think that they just kept moving him like they do priests in a Catholic church. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I didn't see who else said anything about him. It, but. And it could always be one of those situations too, where just you know the that classic sociopathic behavior of you can come across as perfectly normal, like oh, great yeah, to definitely. to be around, and then you become a totally different person. I think it's more of a psychopath than a sociopath, but uh, that's really. All that is very interesting. I'm sorry we had to end on the uh, and he was a pedophile. Part. <laughs> well, I wanted yeah. to get that out of the way so yeah. it doesn't cloud the rest of the movie. We don't have to talk about that again. We're just going to get into yeah. the rest yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Nathan, start us off. Let's get into this okay. plot of this motion picture. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, masters of the universe. So we open up with uh, a little narration over a beautiful matte painting of oh, castle gray gorgeous. skull i yeah. would love yeah. to have that as just a oh a my print. god yeah right <laughs> six foot wide oh, fucking yeah. like, a mural <laughs> in your bathroom just yeah. like yeah. just an entire wall of my apartment oh yeah could be castle it, gray it's skull so there. it's got that great like color like so id like, doesn't allow you to decorate the apartment yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it's i love that it's, it's got that great nighttime look like, you know, and as it gets in, there's great scale. It looks like there's huge mm -hmm. skyscrapers all over it. Like, and, and you can see the little lights. Yeah, it's a, it's a great painting. Yeah. So, like, like this reminds me, because I've, I've never seen, like, or really interacted much with um, He-Man or Masters of the Universe. Um, it just, it opened up, and I was like, oh, yeah, this looks so fucking metal. Like, in, like, heavy metal, where it has, like, that sci-fi fantasy mm -hmm. theme. And I just, like, just expecting, like, a sick like guitar riff to start <laughs> yeah. this like space rock opera science fantasy the genre is criminally underrepresented in media for how cool it is because yeah. it makes no sense and as we'll see through this movie people have swords and guns only one of those two things is actually useful yeah and uh <laughs> it, it's it's there, one person gets killed with a sword in the way a sword is intended to <laughs> yes. be used yeah. other than that it's used to deflect lasers and he shoots everybody yeah. <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> Uh, but space fantasy, yeah, there's there's really nothing like it. And anytime you see it, you're just like, this belongs on the side of a van. That, that's <laughs> yeah. really the, the the best way I can describe it. We uh, the narration at the opening thing gives us the the barest amount that we need to kind of jump into this movie. It tells us that you know Eternia is a place. Castle Grayskull is basically the center of the universe. Whoever controls Castle Grayskull is the master of the universe, basically. And, the power and to be has supreme. The power. <laughs> the power to be masters of the universe. And then we get Bill Conti's fucking ripoff of every other fucking <laughs> musical theme comes yes. in. Oh my Great God. musical theme, though. <laughs> but yeah, it's Superman, it's Star Wars, it's Back to the Future, it's yeah. everything. It's, I, when I listened to it, I was just like... the. It does. It reminds you of everything. A little bit of Indiana Jones, a little, yeah, a little Star Wars. It's great. It's a rousing theme. The, they, they make good use of it later, mm -hmm. uh, throughout. Yeah. The opening credits, because we get a credit scroll that reminds me of the first time you discover in PowerPoint all of the various <laughs> effects that you can use, and you're just like, well, obviously, I need to put them all in. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the most distracting because it's got it's ever. got the flying yeah. star field it's got kind of a, a rainbow ray effect behind the yeah. text the text itself has like this popping 3d <laughs> effect and then like it flies in from from off screen as well the text and you're just yeah. like this is this is wild next time uh, you make a like a project 
proposal, any of us, we should just incorporate all oh of that. God. Oh, yes. all of it. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. every like every time anything new comes up, it's the glass breaking sound effect. <laughs> like, but, or the bullets for, yeah. for writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the so this is how I expect to make a profit. <laughs> yeah. Just just a fuck like three paragraphs block. <laughs> three three hundred and fifty words. <laughs> We'll never get hired again, but man, those will be the greatest PowerPoints <laughs> you've worth, ever seen. Worth it for the gag. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, in the end, we laughed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and um, isn't that the best profit at all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, real money was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> I was going to go there, yeah. yeah. While we're sleeping out at a tent in Victoria Park. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. So, yeah, the credits explode, as w- credits do. And then we immediately open to what could have been the end of the last movie that never got made because Eternia has fallen to Skeletor and his army of stormtroopers. And I'm going to call them stormtroopers throughout this entire description because that's their stormtroopers that he's dipped in black paint yeah. and they have a slightly different helmet design. It yeah, looks that, like um, if Darth Vader had a, like a little bit more creative control mm, in yeah. design. Yes. Well, it's yeah. like, if he had like babies the, with a stormtrooper, they would look just like that. Yeah, it's yeah. like the, the, fucking the red guard guys in last jedi they all they all kind of have their own yeah. little flare stank yeah. put on the helmet because i feel like there's not a uniform look to them either they yeah. seem to be all kind of like various different things mm-hmm. for for whatever reason like, they would be at home if they were like a sexy BD, bdsm german militia Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, BDSM <laughs> militia, that's very true. And speaking of BDSM, some spicy shit happens in this kid's oh, movie later yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. And so our opening scenes are kind of over these blasted battlefields. It's kind of outside of, of Castle Skull. That's kind of a Badland theme. And we get to see the aftermath of these battles and Skeletor's troops rounding people up. It's actually really cool. It's a, it's a very neat opening scene. Really drew me into the movie. And we get uh, a, a scene in Castle Skull. Which is a beautiful set. Oh, it's great, yeah. Because there's sometimes where it's all shot like as is, and it's and it's clearly all built. And then there's times when we're kind of pulled back for these wide shots where they're also using a matte painting to enlarge in it. And that stuff, I think, I find still holds up and looks great. We meet Skeletor and Evil Lynn, Evelyn. So uh, Evil Lynn, yeah. yeah, Meg Foster. Yeah. Um, I every time they said her name, I laughed because it just reminds me of like those like you know like those like stereotypical like white people naming kids. It's like oh, Brooklyn yeah. spelled oh, with like Hayden, five. Jayden, yeah, yeah. Aiden. yeah. yeah. Um, her name is Evelyn, but it's spe- spelled E V I L, and then there's hyphen. a hyphen, and yeah. then there's like five L's, twenty Y's, and an N. <laughs> yeah, and. There's a right of H in there. Sorry, listeners, you're gonna listen to me. Probably snivel. hear some nose blowing. Yeah, there's there's a bit of allergies going on for yeah. for poor Gabby this episode. I, um, I tried I tried listeners, but yeah, <laughs> turns out she's allergic to our bullshit. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I'm really unfortunate for her. Yeah, finally caught up to me. They're they're marching through Castle Grayskull, kind of towards the throne room with a, an army of of their stormtroopers. The uh, Evelyn gives us a great 
stare into the camera. And there's so many great stares. Like they spike oh, yeah. the camera so hard in this Ma- movie Meg so Foster many times. Foster and Frank, Frank Langella are, are eating up this movie. Oh my God, and, they love it. And really, it. Yeah. I'd honestly say no one really wastes their time. Everyone is in agreement as to what movie they're in. Oh yeah. Like everybody's <laughs> having fun. Like it, nobody ever feels like they're slacking in terms yeah. of like being like in this campy movie. Frank Langella's Skeletor is an absolute gem. Oh, and we'll we'll get into great, him yeah. and his obsession with he-man and just the the, the weirdness <laughs> of this character about? yeah but oh my god he is he yeah. is just so good he reminds yeah. me a lot of uh raul julia in street fighter street fighter yeah oh it's god. the same thing he he franklin jello loved making this movie yeah. I he, bet he, he wanted to he was super into it he was mostly i think a theater actor he's in some movies in the 80s i think but he was mostly a theater actor he wanted to he had kids or whatever he wanted to do this for and and he absolutely loved working on this movie. This um, I'm so. so glad about that because yeah. I I love to to think that the actors have fun making films like this. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, they both uh, we get a great couple great lines here from both Meg Foster and Frank Langella because yeah, as you said, she spikes the camera because mm-hmm. then she's something like after all this time, Grayskull is ours. Oh! No! Yeah, Mine. he gets. Yeah, no, like, I was like, and he's like sitting down, like, oh, that's so funny. Yeah, good. that's that's kind of our Skeletor reveal too, when he sits around to sit in the throne, and he's like, it's mine. And this, his mask is really funny, because it, the movie gives us so many lingering close-ups of his mask, and you can see it move as he breathes. Like, it's not the greatest mask in the world, honestly, but it's a really fun look for for Skeletor. He gloats a little bit here, but then he's interrupted by the sorceress of Grayskull. Someone is speaking to yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's so hard not to love everything he says. It's so just all of it's good. so good. And uh, she's standing just off camera, and the camera really never shows her, but she's just kind of she's hanging out there. As we'll learn that she is kind of behind a force field there, so she oh, can't okay. move. But uh, she tells him that, oh, in fact, you you actually don't have the power. And uh, you won't have the power for an arbitrary amount of time until basically <laughs> night falls and the moon comes up yeah. and, and Grayskull like refreshes and yeah, checks to see who, yeah. who at, at owns 47 metronomicronicons or whatever the fucking <laughs> unit of time yeah. that they use that makes no sense. Uh, change or like the, the like the, the unit of like measurement because there's like there's like there's only like 18 megatons or oh, uh, megatrons or uh, what is it because it's similar to what he it's parsecion it's like we've got them within 14 parsecions or something like yeah. that <laughs> one of the few things that drove me crazy about this movie was the time scale that they use because they just throw out the most random assortment of garbage yeah because they they clearly have in the script it broken down into what is effectively seconds minutes and hours but of course it's all made up nonsense words Mm. and they use it enough in the movie for you to notice it but not enough for you to get any sense of what the actual time scale is. <laughs> yeah it, it, it appears to be about eight hours or yes. something like that <laughs> it's like a work day basically <laughs> uh so skeletor he's very excited that he has her as a prisoner so he, he gloats a little bit skeletor spends a lot of this movie gloating and he's i love him all the more for it and uh the sorceress mentions he-man uh, and that, of course, He-Man is still free. And this makes Skeletor quite upset. And 
he does this he he goes up to her and and because he's he's an evil villain and you know you, you say something an evil villain doesn't like they have to punish you in some way so he he does this weird soul sucking thing that he to her where you get a little like fun light particle effect and and he just has this look on his face like he's just he's woken up and he's had his morning coffee and he's just like savoring that <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, Skelter's power set is also weird. I don't know what it is never he's up to in this explained <laughs> at all. We will get no answers. Magic of some kind. Yeah. He he does a lot of shooting things and it does change up quite a bit as we go through the movie. This is the first time where we'll see our Skeletor hologram because he he wants to address Eternia. Uh basically Skeletor for for an evil villain what he really wants is to be obeyed. He, you never get the sense that he really wants to like genocide anybody or, or, you know, murder people out of hand. What he really wants seemingly is just obedience from everyone. So he, he's sends out his, his hologram and this hologram thing. It's another one of those beautiful kind of matte paintings that we get. And we see him in the middle of this desert, area there's no one really around except for like 12 guys (laughs) there's like six of his troopers and like half a dozen uh eternian soldiers that have been captured but he's got this what must be 200 foot hologram that appears (laughs) in this middle of nowhere and he addresses the Eternians and is like, I've won. And I'm doing, I'm, he doesn't have the Skeletor uh, yeah, voice. I'm doing the Skeletor voice from the thing. I, I, that would be so funny if yeah. Frank Langella was doing <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he basically, uh, you know, tells them that he is the new master of Skull, the new master of Eternity, Eternia, you know, the whole surrender to, to Skeletor type of thing. Skeletor has his victory speech and we see a great scene here where you get the silhouette of He-Man standing on kind of the edge of a, of a cliff and we get Skeletor in the background, hollow Skeletor and, and He-Man is watching it. And then he turns around we get our first, we get our first view of Dolph Lundgren as He-Man and he uh, cuts an impressive figure. Like I gotta say Dolph is, He's he is he man. Oh yeah, yeah. he literally yeah. like who else could have could done have it? done that? Yeah. Like he looks exactly like he man. Yeah. But when he turns to the audience, and he, of course he's just seen Skeletor, you know, say that you know I've captured Castle Grayskull. I, I am the new Lord of Eternia. He looks so bored. He oh. he looks like he's he's just finished his work day. And then he's remembered an email he has to send before he leaves. And he just looks kind of annoyed by the whole thing. I really, it made me laugh when I saw it because it was kind of a very like, oh, ho-hum, you know, Skeletor, I got to do, I got to go beat up Skeletor now kind of thing, Uh, which was, yeah, it was just fantastic. But he is one of the few characters in this movie because I don't know if our audience, if you grew up with the He-Man toys, but no one wears clothes. In, in the He-Man yeah. cartoon. Yeah. It's mostly a, a belts with affectations on them. Yeah. yeah. And with a little fur. In yeah. this movie, everyone is fairly clothed, except for He-Man. Yeah. So we, we'll get some scenes later on with him and his his buddies from Eternia and, and the humans that he befriends. And he's the only one in underwear and a cape. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just hilarious. Some sort of bandolier action going on or whatever it it's, is, like leather mm-hmm. straps. It's like, um, you know, like in um, some video games where you get armor, and but your character is a woman. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it's just like, 
plus twenty here's the, armor. Here's the, here's the bikini chainmail. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's almost like that. But He Man spots some stormtroopers carrying what appears in there to be kind of the the worst puppet from the Jim Henson puppet studio <laughs> uh, in a in a big net. And this is where we get our first battle scene. So he comes down from his his cliff area. And uh, he engages the the stormtroopers. Of course, you know they, the you can get a billion stormtroopers. They're never going to beat He Man. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, 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 he presents them with the biggest target possible. <laughs> his giant, huge pecs, and they manage to shoot his skinny little sword every single time. Because <laughs> yeah. here's where we get the sword deflects lasers. He grabs a gun. He shoots all these guys. Mm-hmm. And I just start blasting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, man at arms and Taylor, uh, mm-hmm. Taylor come over the hill, uh, and we, <laughs> we finally hear what He Man sounds like. Thank the sorceress you're alive. I've been looking for you. He sounds oh my like God. Dolph Lundgren was supposed to be dubbed. Oh, okay. And they ran out of money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. With the way the, that he delivers some of his lines. Some of it's flat. And some of it's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, it's it's going to get redone. And I'm pretty sure this line here was redubbed because much like the pu- the puppet mask that we see soon, the lips do not match up with no. what's mm-hmm. being said. It's just like, I was looking for you. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> yeah. he's saying a lot more than that. It's yeah. like watching a Japanese movie. Yeah, we we get our crew together. There's hugs all around. Uh, Duncan, or man-at-arms, tells him that that shit has gone bad. And they are interrupted by a little... uh, And I thought, the first time I saw this, I was like, oh, like, they actually made, like, a little puppet man. And then I realized, oh, no, 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 this is all just makeup. It's Billy Marty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And uh, so they, they free him from his net and he's a little dwarf goblin creature he looks like he has like he needs to get his cheeks checked out by like his doctor because they look like they might have some yeah yeah he's got the jowls of like a of an old british republican (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's kind of got uh, to me radiator lady from um eraser head yeah like if if a klingon's forehead was was his jowls. That, that's kind of how it, it seemed to me. Uh, he's got this thing too. And I don't know if it was just like a character thing or if it was the, the makeup or whatever, but one of his eyes <laughs> I knew you were never <laughs> I opens gets, properly. I think it's, it's stuck. <laughs> Sometimes it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you see both of his eyes and other, in other scenes, it's like ha- one of his eyes is half closed and it never, yeah, there's no real reason for that. But his name is Gwildor. He's here for comic relief mostly, but he is a uh, a locksmith in in a way of a very science fantasy locksmith where he will be uh, messing with time and space a lot in this movie. And Gwildor, uh, he is not super forthcoming at first about, you know, why they were they were capturing him and, and taking him to Skeletor. But uh, he leads them back to his his cave home. Which is fantastic because he has this giant metal security door that, that it's like a giant <laughs> blast door, but then it's just like a, a just a rock face yeah. b- behind it. I'm just like, okay, well, mm, okay. It's uh, almost like it's like a, a den where he sells very illegal stuff in it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is my my first note was like the technology in Eternia is wonderfully all over the place because we just had He Man, you know, start a fight with his sword, realize that he had brought a sword to a gunfight, steal a gun, shoot a bunch of guys with it while deflecting things with his sword. And I, it was the kind of thing where I wasn't sure how 
science fiction we were going to go with this at the early part of the movie and this it does go very science fiction yeah. here because uh firstly Gwildor's door is hilarious when he goes and he locks it and there's like oh. six hydraulic locks <laughs> yeah. that slide and into place just, and then he has the one little, <laughs> little chain lock. Chain. Yeah. I, I yeah I laugh out loud at that uh, it's um, yeah. but his place looks great. There's mm-hmm. a, uh, there's a, uh, you know there's a props. Obviously, had a great time just putting together nonsense shit with lights on it that moves because nothing has to you know they don't get into it. None of it has to mean anything. It just all has to l- do something and be eye catching. So there's a lot of fun stuff going on in uh, in Gwildor's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and he reveals the reason why Skeletor was after him. And that's because he made something called a cosmic key. A cosmic key. (laughs) I swear to God from one of the last Marvel movies, but um, or maybe those are cubes, cosmic cubes. I don't know. Infinity stones. Is that it? It might be. I don't know. Anyway, the, the great thing about these, these keys is firstly, it looks like a medieval torture device (laughs) because it's, it's basically a long cylinder, uh, with all sorts of of gizmos and stuff and, and little like kind of uh, brass keys all around yeah. it, but then it has like sixteen forks. Yeah, it's true. They have <laughs> like a bunch of tuning, tuning forks. forks. Yeah. And, like, and when they activate it, it fucking like opens and spins around, and there's a light show and mm-hmm. it makes songs and shit. Yeah, and what this device does is open portals through time and space, and Gwildor. <laughs> He, he reveals to them that he gave this to Evil Lynn, he, he, the, the, his first one of them, to Evil Lynn. And he's just like, well, she was a beautiful woman. She yeah. came to see him. And she, <laughs> you know, she's supposed to know she was from yeah. Snake Mountain. She, she was, was beautiful. She was, <laughs> and she was interested in my work. <laughs> you fucking yeah. dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, wow. She was she was a beautiful goth chick. And I, yeah. you know, I was yeah. only a goth I girlfriend. Like, I thought if I gave her the cosmic <laughs> key, she'd step on me. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's thirsty and then there's giving a incredible portal yeah, device, the most powerful the, the thing in the universe, yeah, to to a woman because she uh, she makes eyes at you. So that was hilarious. Tila wants to shoot Gwildor. Uh, Tila is like Tila is so violent. <laughs> yeah. She is always out of pocket, ready to like <laughs> yeah. shoot somebody. She does not. She is shoot first, ask oh my god, later yeah. all the time. Yeah, she, if, she'd if, definitely be court martialed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do wish crimes. someone. I do wish someone had told her how to hold a fucking gun, though. Everybody in this movie, like, she didn't look over and go, "Oh, they're holding their gun out." Like straight out, like keeping their arms straight or whatever, and supporting it. She does the like mom playing <laughs> with does, you thing, yeah. where she's got her like little wrist bent, El- elbows she's bent, the, wrist bent. Yeah, yeah, elbows bent, wrist bent, holding the gun very close to her chest, doing the like pew pew like Padme thing. Like, well, yeah. because through this movie. I don't think anyone shoots as many people as Tila does. And it's funny because she is so, she's so violent and just ready to go at any moment. But then she, she pulls out her gun and it is the, the little play school kind of thing (laughs) she's got going on there. Um, So he, he man stops her and uh, he tells her to chill out because Gwildor didn't know. And and he, he man spends a lot of this movie telling Tila to chill out, not (laughs) immediately start blasting. So He-Man deduces that, of course, this is how Skeletor invaded Castle Grayskull. Basically, they were able to open a portal directly into... The, they call it a city a lot. And I, I think that the when when we see the, like, the kind of matte painting, Grayskull is a lot more grandiose than it is in the cartoons. So I think it, it is also a, a city where people live as well as 
a, a castle, a specific throne room. Uh, and yeah, stuff for, yeah. So um, almost like Gondor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it does have that bit of a vibe to it. So He Man immediately is like, well, we can also use this prototype key that Gwildor kept to travel to the sorcerers and, and fight Skeletor. And Gwildor then tells them, well, if you do this, Skeletor will know because the keys are linked and they can kind of track each other. It's it's really weird and not well explained, but as a plot device, it comes up all the time in the movie, so we should cover that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, on cue here, because they're, they're just like, oh, Skeletor will know where you are. And then, of course the Skeletor's troops find them immediately. Yeah. And uh, so a bunch of stormtroopers and the most fabulous orc from <laughs> oh, Lord of the man. Rings shows up. His name is Karg and yeah. I just love his hair so much. He has kind of the, I, I don't even know what to, to call this, but it's, it's almost like the Snooky bump. Yeah. But, yeah, like, like, um, but it's all just huge. It's like, uh, cause uh, they used to sell this in like the early 2010s cause of Jersey shore. But it's like a, I think it's called a bump it. It's like a plastic. It almost looks mm. like a hair clip. I and you those, put it yeah. on and then you like you comb your hair and it just creates that bump. Yeah. So yeah, huge, huge, mm-hmm. like Ziggy Stardust Orc. Yeah, platinum. Uh, I said yeah, if uh, if uh, Mozart was in the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> oh my god, that's good. <laughs> that is good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and they the, they've got kind of this laser cannon that they they use to uh to blow open the the security door but Gwildor has a secret passage in his house that leads directly into Grayskull. Yeah, a lot of lot of security problems. So, a lot of security so, problems. Is like, Gwildor um, should not have been left to his own yeah. <laughs> It's bad. It's almost like a like the supposed like supposed tunnel underneath the, the Playboy Mansion that goes from the Playboy Mansion to uh, was it Jack Nicholson's house? I've never heard. I've no? not heard of this. <laughs> no, Please I'm sure that. Yeah. So it's it's a myth. I don't know if it's true. If it is true, it's fucking hilarious. But apparently, Jack Nicholson had a tunnel that underneath his house that led straight to the play to Playboy Mansion. I bet there's some poor Playboy money bunny um, skeletons down there. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Just yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Would take a haunted tour through it though. I would. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> the ghost of you after but oh no <laughs> so by the time the laser cannon shoots through the security door they all break in all of our heroes are are well and truly gone here and our next scene is them in castle grayskull we get the classic it's quiet too quiet kind of line there and the the this our gang runs around Castle Grayskull like the set here whilst telling each other to be quiet and it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's like a bunch of kids like shushing each other right because they're they're giggling because they know where they're not where they're they're where they're not supposed to be. Uh, again, another kind of beautiful set, and they find the sorceress and He Man talks to her. And she's basically like, you need to get out of here. She's still trapped in the force field. And she says, you know, Skeletor, he's using his power to do it. So they they can't free her until Skeletor is defeated, basically. Uh, Gwildor, though, is like, well, I can do it with my cosmic key. Because uh, the key can do whatever in this Gwildor, movie. Gwildor, can you open a door <laughs> in the force field? <laughs> <laughs> of course, it can do everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think of the main characters he-man might have the least lines 
and you understand why about five minutes into the movie because <laughs> yeah. Dolph Dolph is great at being physically being yeah. He Man. The his delivery though is yeah. is kind of it's fun, but it's not it's not great. Yeah. So it's also like gentle He Man too. Like he is, yeah. Yeah. He's like a very caring He Man. So what's interesting too is, and I know you guys like I I've I'm not a big He Man. Uh, on, on big on He Man lore, and I know none of us are here, but He Man, of course, was always Prince Adam, and he he goes through almost like um like one of those magical transformations to become He Man. Yeah, nobody yeah. knows that Prince Adam is He Man. Yes. It's this alter ego. So when he's Prince Adam, he's like a bumbling like yeah, he's, spoiled dick prince. Yeah, <laughs> he's kind of the classic Superman trope where you're just like, well, he looks kind of the same, but yeah. he, uh, Prince Adam's such a, a, a doofus that Ooh. you you're just like, well, of course he couldn't be He Man. Uh, but in this movie, there is no Prince Adam, as far as we can tell. There is only He-Man. He never transforms. He never. So if you're if you're waiting for a part in a movie where he becomes Prince Adam, spoiler alert, it's not, <laughs> he is not going to happen. There is one setting, and that setting is He-Man. Uh, it's also Dolph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're uh, they're working on this, and a million stormtroopers, Skeletor, and Evelyn show up in in the throne room. Which Evelyn? She's serving cunt. <laughs> Every oh. single time yeah. she's serving yeah. cunt. <laughs> she's just like the director yelled cut, but what she heard was cunt. So she's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. She's fantastic. Yeah. I she love that. She was a, a, like a, she was a 60s, 70s like horror actress. Mm. And and yeah, she's great. Yeah, Some of her yeah. Some of her looks and some of the way she looks at the camera. She looks just, familiar to me. Now yeah. that, she's like, been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I, I have, I've not seen, I think, any yeah. other movies that, that she was in, but she was in an episode of Deep Space Nine, so that I know I, I know her. And she has, she has the most incredible eyes to see her eyes, and I think her eyes are naturally like that. I think I read that. Yeah. that she That was one of her, <laughs> her like selling features as an actress. She was like she kind of came with her own special effects because she has very, she's got blue-gray eyes that are mm. very pronounced, and they're, uh, they're very, very cold looking next up we have another skeletor monologue about how much he's been waiting for this moment and he is so excited to see he-man yeah skeletor <laughs> and he-man's relationship and we could we could spend the rest of the episode deep diving the relationship between these two because it's it's very odd and it's it's a little one-sided on skeletor's side but he is obsessed with he-man yeah and, and it's like as if when they were kids the invitation to he-man's birthday party like got lost and Skeletor really took that to heart, mm -hmm. and He-Man just didn't know that the invitation got lost, like or He-Man's <laughs> unaware of why he hates him. Yes, it's that kind of relationship. It is right. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah. He-Man has a great line here. They're they're talking about the sorcerers. He's <laughs> he says, "Let her go," like he's reading directly from the script for the first time. <laughs> it's, it's just a very flat let, let her go. go. <laughs> <laughs> um. And uh, Skeletor, of course, he, he doesn't care. He he tells us all about how much he's going to win, which is fantastic. And we get a lot of close-ups of his mask flaring yeah. <laughs> this part of the yeah. movie. Yeah. Really fun. Occasionally get some glimpses of his yeah. teeth in there. Yeah. yeah. And Skeletor, of course, he tells them all to surrender because he's got, you know, a million soldiers and everything. And this is, again, this is a, a real theme. Throughout the movie, until kind of the very end, he never wants to kill He-Man. He wants yeah. to possess He-Man. He wants He-Man to be his slave, for to him to bow down, right? It is yeah. that that very, like, he, he needs that that he, reversal of their power yeah, dynamic. Yeah, and he does say, he's like, if I kill him, then he's just a martyr. I have, <laughs> yeah. to, I have to break him. Yeah. 
But then I can't have him as a plaything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think they just start fucking shooting the shit. Out yeah, of yeah. We get we get a, a little bit more dialogue from He Man here, and because He Man seems to be aware of their their weird relationship, where he's saying, you know, it's not her you want, it's me. It's always been between us, kind of yeah. thing. And uh, at this point, Evelyn sees Gwildor messing around behind them all and warns Skeletor about the other key. This is when, yeah, the big fight breaks out. <laughs> the way, anytime Gwildor is fucking with the cosmic key, he's just mashing it like a monkey, just, <laughs> just, brum, 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 just like smashing the keys. Like, and we'll, and we'll get into it. Other people are a bit more subtle with it, yeah. but he's always just like knuckle first, just burn, <laughs> bonk, bonk, bonk. Yeah. Uh, so the, this, this fight breaks out and the, the gang kind of takes cover behind the, the throne and various other bits of, of things around the throne room. Um, Duncan gets Gwildor. He, he basically says, you know, we need to get out of here, open a, a portal to anywhere. And Gwildor says, you know, are you sure? And Duncan's like, yeah, we're going to get killed. And, uh, so Gwildor opens them a, a random portal. It, it's really funny because when it opens, Gwildor excitedly exclaims it worked it worked like he's surprised that the key well, actually works it's because that's the prototype one oh, so he's okay not, he's always like unsure if it's gonna uh, happen or not <laughs> and uh, a portal opens up behind them and the 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 gang flees through the portal they they don't really want to go but you know that they're obviously going to die if they stay here and Great shot of He-Man with Gwildor tucked under yes, his arm, I know. like fly, like because he dives through the portal. So it's it's like what it's like when Superman's flying towards the camera in Superman movies, but away. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally what it is. And uh, the the key actually gets shot, and Gwildor drops it. Yeah, as he's going through the portal. But then a little grappling hook flies out of our portal, yeah. snatches the key, and and then takes it through the portal. And this grappling hook is a MacGuffin we will see used to great <laughs> yeah. effect several times it in this does. movie. And yeah. uh, the, the portal closes. Skeletor is livid and demanding... Find de them! Yes! Track them! Yeah. <laughs> Demands that they uh, they track and, and figure out where they were going. It appears that he was punching the keys at random. <laughs> I mean, evil advantage is all, yeah, no shit! Yeah. <laughs> He's just been like, uh, like how a toddler plays with an iPad. He's just like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> Gwildor and and the gang. They they land in a forest somewhere in the galaxy, and they they all kind of just kind of plop down on some grass near near a little pond. Gwildor lands face down in the pond, drowning. If he went first. If he'd went alone, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah. So yeah. the people would find him and like he'd be like in on the cover of like Weekly World yeah. News like uh, deformed circus boy found <laughs> in pond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alien. And, and everyone here thinks that Gwildor almost drowning is hilarious. Oh, so oh funny. Yeah. Like, and they all come over and they're all like, it's like, expect the like end of a 1980s sitcom freeze frame. Yeah. And yeah. they're all just like, ah, ah. And, and they, <laughs> He-Man pulls Gwildor out of the pond 
And then Gwildor blows water out of his ears. Uh, which, his gill slits, his, as he says. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is at once disgusting and begs the question, how does his respiratory system work? <laughs> I fucking know. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was that was serious. And that was another thing that they all found hilarious. Like, Tila's like, yeah. oh, she's Tila co- gets like, she covers in absolutely spray. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like all over her. And again, she's just playfully laughing yeah, yeah. about it. And I'm like, of all the things you don't want to shoot people for, Tila, this is one of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'd be retching. Absolutely. That was gross. <laughs> and uh, then, then Gwildor tells them he has no idea where they're landed, uh, where they've landed. We and they, that's when the Tila gets, anyway, on a yeah, that's when galaxies. Tila's just like, okay, I'm going to fucking murder this. Yeah. <laughs> goblin. She, uh, she seems to have some kind of issue with, with Gwildor's race as well, because it's the, the second time in the movie already where she, and I'm I'm sorry. It's it's a weird nonsense word. Nurian. 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 Trust the Nurian to find a soft place to land. Right. Yeah. 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 So there's, there's a little bit of twinge yeah. of of, of the hard R here. on yeah. Nurian. Yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> and uh, He Man once again, you know, asks her to chill out. Uh, Gwildor explains though that that getting home is easy. Uh, because the he's like I wouldn't make a device that that didn't you know log its coordinates type of thing, and. But then we see Duncan uh, has the, the yeah, (laughs) he's got the the grappling hook, but there's nothing in it. And uh, He-Man tells them to do a perimeter search and everyone take a sector. Everyone take a sector. What the fuck do you mean everyone take a sector? You just got here. What is your perimeter? What constitutes a sector? I don't know. Um, But they're they're interrupted because they hear a noise in the forest. And Duncan uses this cool little scanner thing. It's it's kind of like a s- tricorder from Star Trek, but more primitive almost because it's got like a little, I, I don't know. It's, it's almost got like a little display on it, but there's just like little lights that light up for, for things coming closer to them. Um, anyway, it's it's a big thing. Uh, Tila, of course, draws her out. She wants to blast it immediately. And turns out that it's a cow. Just a, a, a cow. regular cow yeah. Holy wandering cow. a forest. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what's it doing there? It's wandering in a forest, like on the outskirts, barely the outskirts mm-hmm. of a California town. Yeah. That, like, when we see this town, doesn't really appear to be near any farmland. Like, there's probably like fifty thousand people living there. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I looked up. I think that was the population of the town where they filmed. Okay. It was a town in California. I looked it up. It was some. Some amount of people like that. Like, yeah. It was bigger than Charlottetown. Like okay. Charlottetown PEI. Okay. So it's like a so decent that, size. Yeah. Not rural, but not not a big yeah. city by any um, means. Yeah. But yeah, this cow's just wandering around the forest and they're just like, what a hideous cry. Yeah. Uh, Gwildor is obsessed with this <laughs> thing. Oh, he's like, maybe yeah. I can talk to it. Yeah. Yeah. It might be the dominant life form yeah. on this planet. Moo. Moo. <laughs> <laughs> what a hideous cry. Uh, so yeah, Gwildor is very much played for comic relief throughout the movie here. And we get some, we get some groaners with Gwildor coming up, but uh, yeah, this, this is kind of one of those. Uh, While Gwildor is, is trying to communicate with the cow, the, uh, the rest of our gang, He-Man, Tila and and, uh, Duncan stand around and kind of talk about their plan. He-Man's plan is the exact thing they just did and subsequently had to flee from, which is use the portal to get back into the throne room and then question mark, question mark, question mark, profit. (laughs) We need need to run that one back one more time. (laughs) That's basically the whole plot. It's like, no, 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 I wasn't ready. Let's try again. (laughs) This time we'll be different. 
Um, but yeah, we get another like measurement of time from yep. Man at Arms. He's yes. like, we've only got twenty chronons until Moonfall <laughs> yeah. or what Moonrise or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, okay, really thirty-eight yeah. scrunkles. Yeah. Yeah. Until... <laughs> the greatest thing in this scene is Tila's the look on Tila's face while He Man describes this plan, and he has that kind of smirk with Duncan, being like, yeah. "We'll just we just have to defeat twenty or twenty or two thousand of uh, his crack troops, crack and, troops." And so, and he exactly. Tila's <laughs> looking at him, just being like, "Why are the pretty ones always so dumb?" She just yeah. has this beautiful look <laughs> on his face. This movie is worth it alone for Tila and Evelyn's just looks while the boys are talking sometimes yeah. because they're just they've got these beautiful beautiful moments that you can easily miss. And it's kind of goes back to what I was saying that everyone knows what they're mm-hmm. in. Everyone's emoting, like even in the background and stuff, like nobody's l- just waiting to say their line. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. kind of having fun. And, uh, now we cut to our humans for the first time. We cut to a very young Courtney Cox. Very oh, young. I think she was it, 19 or 20. When yeah, she yeah. I was movie. not and, expecting Courtney Cox. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's disarming. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. Cause like, I think at the same, around the same time, maybe a couple years later, Jennifer Aniston is in Leprechaun. It's funny, like, going back and kind of seeing these people uh, uh, that got big uh, at this time. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's serving her last customer at a not KFC. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Robbie's Ribs. Yeah, Robbie's Ribs. Served from the same fucking bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And uh, she's talking to, to her friend, and who's just been like chewing on a chicken wing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. mowing on a chicken yeah. drumstick. So the, the gist of the conversation, you know, there, she's sad that she's leaving, of course. And, uh, and her friend's like, I, I'm, I got you a present. It's advice. And then her friend starts eating while trying to give her mm. this like serious life advice, which is basically just to not leave her boyfriend. Kevin. Yeah. If you, yeah. Okay. Two things going on here. One, she's moving away from this small California town to move to Jersey. Jersey. She's moving to New Jersey. And I'm like, why? You live in California. You can move eight hours away and it's another fucking universe. (laughs) You don't need to go go to Hollywood. Yeah, Yeah, go somewhere cool. Like, I I get the the moving to the opposite side of the country type of thing. But New York. Go to New York. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you went too far. (laughs) Yeah, uh, and then also her friend. She's just advice. really, she's just really into tanning and getting drunk, and she <laughs> yeah. she really needs to get to the Jersey what's the Shore. They, what's the thing, buddy? Says laundry, tan, something else. GTL, yeah. GTL. Ta- tan laundry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, oh God, I hate that I still remember that. <laughs> uh, but she her, needs to find herself a nice Guido. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> her friend's advice is don't break up with your high school boyfriend. Bad advice. Yeah. I'm not going to actively yeah. tell someone to break up with their high school boyfriend, but if you are going to, just do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll mm-hmm. be fine. Yeah. <laughs> not, not the end of the world. And she's like, if you break up with uh, fucking Kevin. Uh, Kevin. Kevin, yeah. yeah. I just, all I can think of was Robbie's ribs. I was like, <laughs> if you break up with Kevin Corrigan, you are going to regret it for the rest of your life. And I'm like, no. Nah, I don't yeah. think so. That's the exact line, but picture more chewing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah. she's, she's only got a eating fries and a rib. She's got an yeah. undersized red cowboy hat on that's just desperately trying to contain this <laughs> huge Farrah spray, like hairsprayed hair, uh, while she's yeah, eating a chicken wing and telling her she shouldn't break up with her high school boyfriend. So. Yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> uh, Julie, you know, she wants, a, she wants a fresh start. And we don't know why yet, but we'll soon find out. Mm-hmm. And so she she says her goodbyes and, and hugs and stuff. And 
Uh, then Kevin picks her up in his van. Sweet van. We get a sweet sweet, uh, sweet needle drop, yep. 80s song. I've been living in a box. I've been <laughs> yeah. living in a cardboard box. And that song is called Living in a Box. You know what the band's called? Living in a box. <laughs> oh my God. It's like Wang Chung all over again. Yeah. That, wow. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. So Kevin, uh, very kind of stereotypical looking. It's a very 80s young movie. Robert Duncan McNeil. Mm-hmm. It's Tom Paris from Star Trek yes. Voyager. Oh, wow. Uh, so if anybody, yeah. if any Star Trek fans out there, we got Tom Paris yeah. in it. Looks uh, a lot different than he would when he, he grew up. Still has a bit of a more of a baby face yeah. in his younger days. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I like Kevin here. I think he he does a pretty good job being kind of a a, a doofus, but like a well-meaning doofus. Yeah. For the most part, throughout this movie, and it does throw some shade here. He does. Yeah. Like she brings the ribs, and he's like, oh, not very romantic for our last date. Like it's like he they clear. So she's moving away. They've clearly come to this mutual agreement mm-hmm. that they're breaking up, but they they obviously still care about each other. It's not yeah. bad. Yeah. Bad breakup, essentially. But the way he's being passive aggressive the whole time is kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah you can move away now. Fuck yeah. yes. <laughs> I mean, he is what, like, he's like an 18 year old yeah. boy. So, you know, I, I I cut him some slack on that where yeah. he's not he doesn't have the mo- emotional maturity to, to yeah. kind of deal mean, with he, what's going he's on. He's got to let her go, man. She's got to she's got to get with Chandler there. That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, I do see his reluctance because like. Young Courtney Cox, very good looking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Absolute smoke show. Yeah. And uh, so they uh they have they have a bit of a kind of a a little it's not even a tiff it's just like a you know we've talked about this kind of thing yeah. that she she tells him and um but then he he convinces her to go with him to his sound check cuz he's going to be playing, playing prom prom yeah, yeah so it's it's the prom and this is also the night that she's leaving so this is this is the last time that they will Which ostensibly see each other crazy mm-hmm. like you must not want to be in this relationship if you decide in an era where air travel is the easiest fucking oh, yeah. thing to do. There's probably a flight to Jersey every 15 minutes for the next <laughs> five days. Yeah. You could have went any time. He even says, no, just get just chair traded in for a later flight. Yeah. Like, it's so easy. Like, it's bus tickets. And she's like, no, sorry. I have to dramatically leave <laughs> before prom. That's right. On oh the day God. of prom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also on his side if if this is and i'm assuming that they've been at least long-term boyfriend and girlfriend in in high school parlance right like yeah. at least you know dating they, for she says maybe. they've been together since grade seven. Oh god so that's they've been forever. together like six years yeah. forever okay and like dude don't play prom if that's the like go to the yeah. airport to see her off and like get some some i i don't know yeah there's there's some silly decisions here i mean at least like she's just going to sound check she's not actually going to see them play so i'm like at least she doesn't have to like listen to her man's like shitty mm-hmm. oh it's synth- synth- yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i'm it's sure when, like half the it, members like work at like chuck e cheese or something yeah we'll, yeah we'll get to it but when he is like messing around on his fucking little casio it's the worst tones yeah. <laughs> it's not good synth no no um, no, no. Uh, so yeah so she is they kind of, yeah as you said they kind of have their tiff they get back to they come back around she's like i want to see my parents mm-hmm. uh before i leave uh and they drive off uh but we do not follow them no we do not because <laughs> we, we have to stay with the bushes yeah we scene. have to stay with the bushes we uh find uh that t 
Tila, Man mm-hmm. at Arms, and Gwildor don't know how to each take a fucking sector because <laughs> no, they've no. all managed to end up at the same goddamn yeah. place. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's really funny. Tila is actually doing her job here. Duncan and Gwildor were both like Toucan Sam following their nose to <laughs> yeah. this ribs place. Well, it, and, Duncan even says that. Yeah. It's just like a soldier knows how to follow his nose uh, yeah. and, and shit. Tila's like, you always think about food, man. Yeah. And this is where we learn, too, that, that Duncan is her father. Uh, which, because it's not mentioned before this point, but they are uh, father daughter, and yeah, they've they've all they've all kind of bumbled their way to the bushes outside of this. This is also where we learn that oh no, it was Earth all along that they came to, mm. uh, because uh, you know we we had just cut to this this Earthling scene randomly, and we get uh, another little little bit where we get another kind of Ogwildor moment where he's got the grappling hook. Yeah. He's in, he's in the bushes cause he's not with Tila so and Duncan. This couple. <laughs> yeah. D- I, it, it's getting close to nighttime, but it's dusk. It's mm-hmm. shit's blue. Uh, just making out in the parking lot of the rib joint. Yep. Full bucket of ribs, just chilling in the back seat. <laughs> I don't know about you. I'd be eating the ribs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this this was a weird, and it didn't seem like they were that young of a couple either. I mean, the the camera doesn't really linger on them for any time, but I was just like, oh, this is mm. this is a choice, all right. And yeah, Gwildor has his grappling hook, and uh, he's he's dramatically, comically even licking his lips and, and oh my God. yeah, doing that. And I have like I have like such a violent re- like reaction to that, like. <laughs> When people eat or like smack their lips, I just get extremely failed with rage. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hate the sound of people chewing, so that is I understand. I understand where you're coming from. Gwildor, however, does not, and uh, he makes all sorts of weird little noises here. He fires his grappling hook and steals the bucket of ribs from out the back of the uh, convertible with the couple making out. And uh, proceeds to just chow down on these uh, things. Uh, a video cult staple. Movie's gonna make you hate food. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because he drinks the gravy out of the little, gra- or it's either <gasps> dipping sauce or gravy. Yeah, some sort of dipping sauce. Yeah. Either way, and it's like watery, so yeah, like it's, it's all over his. Chin. He's got this little beard yeah. too, uh, and it's all over all that. All I could think about was when you like drink water and it runs down your chin and then like gets past the the chin down the neck and it's like air water gets down in the front of your shirt and it's so uncomfortable all i could think about was that liquid getting on the inside of his mask so he's just feeling it sloshing oh, around and, and on the no. inside of the mask Josh, i was like no. oh god oh god yeah now that's made it so much worse for me now <laughs> and duncan and tila approach him and Duncan immediately, this is the one time that Duncan is annoyed with uh, Gwildor, because Duncan's usually pretty, like, on board for Gwildor's little hijinks. And this is, like, Duncan's like, you, you're going to share that, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're holding out You're on holding us? out? Yeah, that's I was the going to share! Yeah. <laughs> and they all sit down and uh, and start uh, chewing on these ribs. They they all seem to like them. And Tila mentions that the the ribs, or these, these, this food... It's got these weird little white sticks in there. Yeah, why, why would they, why why would they, they do the that? Food on white yeah. sticks. And uh, this is the point where Duncan, is it, I think it's it's either Duncan or Gwildor. Duncan says yeah. it. He's like, He's it's like, a rib bone. It's a rib bone. And Tila acts like she's just eaten a bucket of flies. Yeah. It's like she found out it's human. Yeah. <laughs> she's very upset that they're eating meat. Yeah. 
and uh, so that was that was kind of an interesting little bit of world building because I think she calls them barbarians or something yeah. Yeah, or savages. So barbaric. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Gwildor, it tasted good. Yeah. <laughs> and Duncan's just like, never think when you're hungry. And I was like, that's words to live by. Yeah. <laughs> Say that to your other teammates when you're stranded on the um, in a mountainside. <laughs> yeah. the, what was it the South American soccer team who oh yeah, oh, yeah. alive yeah. Uh, so Tila then kind of she sulks off because she's like we're gonna gotta do our jobs kind of thing <laughs> and uh, then we cut back to Julie and Kevin in the graveyard and this is where we get a little bit of a reveal that Julie feels responsible for the deaths of her parents they're both standing in front of the graves and she she tells Kevin that what had happened on the day they died was they were all going to go to the beach and have a great beach time, but she wanted to hang out with Kevin. So she told her parents that they, they were going to do some studying or that she was just going to stay home and study. And so her parents, uh, her, her dad being a amateur pilot decided to go for a little plane excursion on that day. And they crashed the plane and, and died. And, what did you think of her reasoning here? Cause I was like, I will, I will give you about 20% of the blame for that. Because she, she blames well, herself. What do you guys yeah, think? Yeah, I think it's like that survivor's guilt. It definitely, yeah. oh, it, it definitely really, is. It is, like a, it's, it is a freak accident because yeah. I do, I do, it is funny. Just the, it's such a grand, just like crazy story to, yeah. to tell. It's up there with like Phoebe Cates finding out Santa's not real yeah. story in Gremlins. Like oh. it's really oh, yeah. over the top. But yeah, the way Kevin, like after she tells this oral story, Kevin's just like, it was a plane crash. These things just happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Kevin's like, so almost, nonchalant. Almost borderline dismissive. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess I understand why she feels guilty because she lied. Yes. And that's why they took, they went out and yeah. took, took the, the plane. I love too that the movie was decided it was going to be a plane crash because you could have easily done a car crash or any number of more, I guess, mundane down to earth deaths that she could have still felt responsible for but i enjoyed that the movie was like nah they they were flying and kevin tells her that, that her parents wouldn't want her to blame herself but he phrases it like a question mm. for some reason he's like they wouldn't want you to do that would they <laughs> <laughs> yeah like he's Wait, not sure dicks <laughs> yeah. it was like they definitely would want me to be guilty uh, yeah. that's uh, why i'm moving to jersey to punish myself <laughs> <laughs> The uh, so they they kind of you know they kind of say their their goodbyes and and uh, they they turn to go and in a little crater that looks like a hole that someone dug it doesn't really look like an impact crater at all they uh, they find the cosmic key just just sitting there and they, Kevin immediately starts jamming with it he does <laughs> and it's funny because julie seems so excited as soon as she sees it and i was like well nothing gets you over the death of your parents like finding a space MacGuffin in them yeah like a hole in the ground but um so no, no, no. japanese synthesis yeah that's right <laughs> they're Kevin, very on like, about yeah. that no this is one of those new japanese synthesizers yeah but, i mean that's a good guess considering it goes yeah <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, so he plays a little tone and we immediately cut back to Castle Grayskull where Evil Lynn reports to Skeletor that the <laughs> Evil Lynn, sorry. <laughs> the cosmic key has been activated and Skeletor thinks it might be a trap. So he, he instructs her to send kind of a forward party, a scouting mm. party. And he says, send the mercenaries and uh, we'll see them soon. But first, we're going to go back back on Earth uh, in a high school gymnasium where this has been done up for prom and really good prom decorations. My prom didn't have anything oh, nearly no. like that. We had like some string lights and shit, but we didn't have full 
cutout. They had full cutouts of uh, like monuments around the world because yeah. it's kind of like a, a visit or like world tourism theme for their their prom. Uh, anyway, it looks really good. Did you guys go to prom? I did. I did not have a date. I dressed like Indiana Jones at the beginning of Temple of Doom. So I had the white tux top oh, with the nice. black pants. And I went and got myself a fedora. So, <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, 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 I mean, hey, I crushed. Uh, I danced with, like, uh, there was a bunch of girls that I danced with. Uh, one girl that I danced with, her date cried about it. Um <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I'm actually I'm still friends with her. She's the one who did my tat my tattoo, um, but her date cried because me and her had danced. And my prom photo is uh, me doing the like Luke Skywalker like lightsaber raised to the sky, while her and another girl are like on their on the f- ground like reaching up at me. <laughs> Oh my god! I slayed prom, by the Holy way. Holy shit! <laughs> I am so jealous. Firstly, and secondly, you gave us a legitimate reason to say "cuck" on the show because you fucking fucked that the bitch. first time. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that is the coolest shit I have ever heard in my yeah. life. Oh my god. Okay. Oh. Well, um, because I am, I, I think I represent. Probably, I, I mean, I'm kind of the straight man for this show, both literally and figuratively. <laughs> uh, I just went with my uh, high school girlfriend at the time. I had I had kind of the classic blonde, blonde hair, blue eyed uh, high school girlfriend that I went with, and uh, we we had a great time. But it wasn't nearly as cool. I think I'd trade <laughs> that experience for your experience. Yeah, um, I went by myself too. I uh, had a friend at the time and no longer friends because he's a monster. But um, <laughs> he uh, he was like, yeah, I'll go to prom with you. I'm like, yeah, yeah I would just go as friends. And then like he's like, oh, no, I actually have a prom date now. Oh. And then I was like, OK, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, I, I went by myself. I wore like these extremely tall, like sparkly black heels. <laughs> And I had to take them off. As soon as I walked in the door, I took them off. <laughs> Just like, when well, that's over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I wore a cocktail dress. Nice. Huh. Nice. Yeah, we're, we're in this prom. Uh... Julie is polite about Kevin's keyboard skills because Kevin's just like, listen to this. And Julie's like, it's it's great. I love it. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. This is what I was talking about. Yeah. Like, he busts out a little tune on it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, this is like a fucking, it's like a, a cell phone alarm from like yeah. 2009. Like, it's like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had this on my Blackberry. Yeah. <laughs> and Kevin wants to play the cosmic key into the music setup. And he grabs a microphone uh, from the like the, that's set up by the drums, and he says he's gonna amp it up. And I'm just like, where are you gonna find the XLR connection on that key there, buddy? But uh, he uh, he ends up pressing the the giant red portal button that is conveniently located on the uh, cosmic key, and it starts to all of its tuning forks start to to spread out and whir, and it, it projects this really cool. Uh, I don't know how to describe. It's just like a light effect. Uh, on there like a little hologram but that alerts Skeletor's forces and so back in the uh, the Skeletor war room Evil Lynn dares for a moment to be happy that they found the coordinates and Skeletor immediately kind of chides her for it and uh, I said probably not for for not being He-Man because he's never happy unless He-Man is around 
then we uh, we also get in their war room. They've got this big screen map that kind of zooms in on Earth and zooms into their their high school. And Skeletor looks at the map and he's like, that's no, close enough. Send the, <laughs> send the mercenaries. And uh, we get our first look at the mercenaries here. And this is the most kind of action figure other than He-Man himself that we get, because these guys look straight out of... of only one of them is a He-Man character. But only one of them, yeah. yeah the yeah. Beast Man. So the Beast, the Beast yeah. Man is a He-Man character. He's pretty close to what he looks like in the in the cartoon. The mm-hmm. other guys aren't, but are similar to things that you get. Yeah. You know? And uh, Evelyn says, I have selected your finest warriors. And my only note here was, well, there's your problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. uh, and I do love uh, Skeletor's reply. A curious quartet. <laughs> yes, such a great, great life. Uh, so our our mercenaries are Blade, who looks like a fucking if RoboCop was like developed by Judas Priest rather than I the s- government. I, yeah, <laughs> I said discount Shredder, who's really into swords. Yeah. Uh, we get yeah. Sarah- Mall Ma- 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 Ninja, Mall Ma- Ninja, <laughs> yeah. Ma- Ninja, Andrew Tate. Okay, I think that's got it. Yeah. I think yeah. that's got it. Uh, Sarad who is our armored snake man. He looks yeah. like if like seems like, to have some sort of pulsating venom sack on his, mm-hmm. on his throat, Ugh. like Mitch McConnell. That's <laughs> <laughs> what Mitch McConnell, he, he does when like he gets threatened by other like Saturdays. Yeah. Oh yeah. He plays like, his poison like, sack <laughs> to scare off the libtards. Yeah. It just shoots out like oh venom. Uh, then we have beast man. Who is basically what it says on the tin. He's a yeah. beast. Who yeah, is a man? He's a beast man. That guy had a really hard time seeing out of that costume. I bet. It's a brutal costume. Uh, Frank Langella would sit with him like between takes because he was like felt alienated because he could barely see. Yeah. So he's like blind essentially on set, like kind of sitting by himself, staring oh, at no. nothing. Aww. So Frank Langella would sit oh, and talk God. with what him a, a lot. Yeah. Okay. And then we have Karg, who is our our fabulous orc. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we get Skeletor's. Hmm, and I was how I was also like half expecting like, a random like Keith. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of what Blade is like. Uh, the other guys are all very big makeup mm-hmm. creature effect characters, and then yeah, and then Keith is there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Skeletor, like, we're not calling you Blade, Keith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't just pick your own nickname. You yeah. gotta, you gotta like be bestowed it. Yeah, mystery man style. He he's been like Phoenix Dark. He's just like I'm Blade, and he's like you're you're Ted. We know you, Ted. We, like we play cards on the weekend. Skeletor here wants He Man brought back alive. Of course he does. And then we go back to the kids, and Kevin wants to take the cosmic key to Charlie's music shop to identify it. Julie wants some some time alone in the gym just to, you know, think and yeah, take a like, I want to reminisce yeah. about the gymnasium. About the gymnasium. <laughs> about the school. All the, all yeah. the good times. I don't yeah. know about you guys, but I didn't give a fuck reminiscing oh, at the man. high school when school was I, done. No. I was out. Yeah. No, I was fucking out no. of there. The <laughs> last like week, my foot was already out the door. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to do like oh, a running God. start. The whole last semester. Jesus, I was so done with NSCC. Oh, my God. Oh, oh I was talking about high school. Same. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no. I, <laughs> I, mean, I know. NSCC, NSCC was the same. Uh, uh, not for, uh, somewhat. Uh, yeah. Uh, there, was, there was times where I was like, all right, second semester of, of our class that mm. for new listeners we all went and took the same te- television radio production uh course uh but yeah i was getting close to <laughs> being yeah. done for some of it yeah i don't yeah. know because nathan had chose a different um specialization so we only had so we only shared i think like a couple classes together mm-hmm. and you had the 
<laughs> my last semester was a joke other than the the classes that yeah. that were full class like all of our program together but i could uh, the, that's that's a discussion for another time because i could <laughs> yeah, go we'll into that, that for a while. Out of the, uh, yeah. one of our cult meetings <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah i i still like I'll, I'll walk by nscc and i'm just like man i'm so glad i'm done with that yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's how i felt about my high school as well <laughs> yeah. oh man um but yeah so she she hangs around to to stay looks at a locket of her her parents that she she has there yeah. um and uh, i'm pretty we should we're, i'll i'll look it up i think we should take a break now pretty yes. sure her mom is chris pine's mom what? Like in real life. No way. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, when we come back, uh, Skeletor's mercenaries invade the real world. Stay tuned. Dungeons and Dragons, Vampire the Masquerade, Pathfinder, Call of Cthulhu, and a hundred more besides. Whatever role-playing universe you like to play or run games in, the desire is always there to become a better player or run a better game. Welcome to Playing the Role a show dedicated to exploring the art of role-playing in the hopes of building better players and better games. Join me, Nathan Stone, a longtime game master. They still, every time I run a game, will do something that my eyes kind of go wide and I'm just like, okay, that's a choice you made and now I have to deal with that choice. Thank you, thank you for that. And my friends, Darcy Robinson. And so I ended up being a centaur that abandoned his post to run away from this life and got captured by these goblins. Did you have to give them centaur pony rides? Yes. And Dylan Campbell. I love being challenged, trying to get one under me. <laughs> I love that. Yes, please, try, because I think I got all my bases covered. You can't get to me. I'm a, I'm a fortress. <laughs> Who also happen to be longtime game masters, as we talk about everything that goes into making great games, the things you should never, ever do, and how to take your gaming experience to the next level. We've been doing this for a long time, so there's plenty of stories to tell of great gaming moments, disasters averted, or just plain old disasters. Each episode ends with a challenge, a call out to us and to you to work our role-playing muscles by designing a character, NPC, or location within a certain theme. And of course, we share the results on the show. We hope you'll join our quest to become better players and run better games. Here on Playing the Role. Available on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Masters of the Universe. Now we get the invasion of Earth. Well, one of like three invasions of Earth here yeah. that had that happened in this movie. Uh, so very like small scale invasion. Yeah, there are, you know, like a few dozen people Almost at the most. Like a, instead of an invasion, it's like a break and enter. More like a visit. Yeah. Like, a nice yeah. visit. Yeah, like a beanie. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like a little, nice little beanie action there. Yeah. <laughs> Come in, break some shit, you know, st steal some things, leave. So the uh, a, a portal opens up in a room, kind of in, the, in like the hallway of, of, of the high school outside of the gymnasium. And uh, our mercs and, and stormtroopers pop out of that. And uh, the, the very first person that they encounter is the high school janitor, Carl, who comes out of a break room 
and uh, he thinks that there's like kids making noise out there and he's just like, hey, you kids. And then, of course, you know, he gets thrown through a door by a giant Chewbacca. <laughs> That's true. But he, man. he says you uh, something like you kids can't be in here. He's looking. At he them. is looking. Yeah. At like, even if you thought they were costumed, the yeah. dude who isn't covering his face should tip you off that maybe these guys are all for you. <laughs> or maybe like he's just like he doesn't care enough and he just thinks that they're like the computer nerds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're like playing on like LARPing or something. Yeah. Or he's just he's just really racist and he's just like, damn diversity, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Kids these days. Like he's looking at this six foot tall beast man and he's just like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or he just doesn't give a fuck. He's just like, I'm here to mop floors. That could also be like he's he's looking at them, but does he really see them? No. Yeah. It's not his job. He's just there to mop yeah. the floors. Uh, what is his job though is to get flung straight <laughs> face first through a uh, a wooden door, which is is pretty wild. And uh, so th- this is uh, while this is going on, Julie is in the gymnasium. She's hearing noises and she's like, Kevin, is that you? She's doing that classic, you know, kind of campy horror movie thing where it's just like, are you joking with me? It's not funny kind of thing. Right. Where she's trying to convince herself that this is a stupid prank and, and not uh, an extra dimensional invasion. Uh, but w- when Carl flies through the gymnasium doors, she uh, she lets out a big scream and the mercenaries come in and they don't immediately notice her, but she screams at them because uh, they, they, they're focused on Carl because uh, they think they're going to interrogate him. And she screams at them to leave him alone. But then she immediately she does this while she's kind of running away from them. So all she really does is draw attention to herself <laughs> and uh, they, they shoot at her. But luckily, no one in this movie outside of the good guys can aim ever. So they uh, they shoot a bunch of the the props. So we get some fun effects of those bursting into flame. Oh yeah, and yeah. Kevin's band is oh, no wrecks. more after this. Yeah. Wrecks, yeah. <laughs> oh well, they were gonna disband after graduation, anyways. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So the Bon Jovi song "Summer of '69." That was that was Kevin talking about how his band. It's not, uh, that's didn't, not Bon Jovi. Is that not Bon Jovi? "Summer of '69." Brian Adams. It's Brian Adams. Oh yeah. my God! Sorry, they, he sounds. He's got a very Bon Jovi sound. For that. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John yeah, Bowie. Man, I'm a bad Canadian. That was yeah. 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 All right. And uh, the mercenaries uh, all pursue Julie because Karg is kind of their leader and he's like, get her. And, yeah, uh, I love his physical acting. Like, yeah, he's always oh, yeah. like jumping and <laughs> waving, flailing his arms around. Yeah, he's got and, a like, sweet hook hand yeah, too. He that does, he yeah. emotive. Mm-hmm. Karg, is, Karg is great. And uh, so we get a little bit of a chase scene. And this is where we learn that the mercenaries are kind of bad at everything. Because the <laughs> oh, yeah, Skelter is like the, his best, his <laughs> yeah. best warriors. Yeah. They look like yeah. the fucking... The four- four guys that they're paying to do this mm-hmm. the and four that's stooges the that's what yeah. they're like yeah so they they chase her around uh for a little while and um <laughs> so beast and blade kind of really pursue her and grab at her and stuff and but she she managed to kind of wiggle her way around and climb underneath the uh the stage and and, and she does a, a little bit of just kind of running in and under things and then uh towards she she kind of gets out from under the stage Beastman grabs at her, but there's a janitor's cart next to her. She takes ammonia and throws it in this poor Beastman's face, yeah. uh, which I thought was going to like disfigure him. Like I thought there was going to be something really gruesome they were going to show us, but it really doesn't do 
There's a bit of scarring on him. There's a bit of scarring on him. It mostly makes his face smoke. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But he he screams, and Julie runs out the door. And uh, my note here was, these guys are the worst Power Rangers villains I've ever seen. Because at this point, they've got that big energy chasing high schoolers around and, and, you know, grabbing them and doing the the weird kind of uh, uh, grabby poses that the putties always did. (laughs) Now, at at this point, we get a small cut of He-Man just wandering the streets at night. And he hears Julie's cries for help. But then we cut right back to Julie, who flees uh, down the street. Uh, through a fence and into a very normal neighborhood trash maze. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was this about? <laughs> I don't know yeah. what this is supposed He-Man's to be. He also really lucky there's no fucking extras in this movie mm-hmm. because if people spotted him walking around oh, town, yeah. they'd be like, what the fuck? And he, and he like grabs his like cape and he starts like running, like, <laughs> a little bit flailing his arms around. Yeah. Uh, so the, the mercs chase Julie. They Blades takes out his swords and cuts through the fence. To, to let them all in and, and blade for what we see of him in this movie loves his swords and sword play. And he, anytime he is able to draw his swords and do anything with them, he's got a real, like, I love this energy to him. It's and like, uh, yeah, so he's got a real, like, look what I've, I can do kind of vibe going as he, he cuts the fence open to get the mercs in and they spread out to, to find her in this trash maze. And uh, luckily he man does, he, he finds her first, and she runs kind of into him and, and right know. into his pack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, there, and there's really, she has every right to still be freaked out because <laughs> he's dressed like the other guys that yeah. just attacked her. Uh, and, and of course, yeah, Dolph Lundgren is like, I forget exactly what he says, but yeah, it's just like, yeah, he's, calm down. It's all okay. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Telling her that he's, he's here to help. And then, he picks her up to carry her to safety. And like, there's nothing wrong with her feet. He man, like she was running, she ran into you. Uh, but he, he decides that, yeah, she needs to be, she needs to be carried. I don't know if anything got splashed on her, but she seems to be, She's excessively wet. wet. Right? Yeah. <laughs> time. Just, yeah. I don't like, know if that's supposed to be very sweat. sweaty or something. Yeah. yeah. He man, uh, he, uh, he, he puts her, her down nearby, like kind of around the a corner of of a little trash pile, and gives her a laser his his laser pistol to defend herself with, and then he does some some kind of sneaking as his own as as much as he can he like, being but like he also a does a nice thing of like puts like his uh, his cape. On oh yeah, Julie. yeah, it was just such a, a sweet little moment. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very you know he's he's very wholesome he yeah. man, and uh, he starts. He, he does some sneaking and then he starts battling with the stormtroopers and uh, there's, there's a bit of a, a yeah a trash maze fight scene that goes on here. He ends up with another one of the stormtroopers guns and, and shoots some guys with it because why use the sword if you absolutely don't have to? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Even Julie gets some shots. Julie, off. Julie yeah. paid yeah. Sarah. Yeah. yeah. With, with the laser gun and uh, uh, he man uh, beats up beast man. Uh, then there, he has a sword fight with Blade. Blade is super into it until he immediately starts losing. They're setting up some backstory because mm-hmm. Blade's like, oh, I've been waiting to do this for a long time or yeah. whatever to start fighting He-Man. Yeah. And uh, Karg grabs Julie, but He-Man basically <laughs> beats everyone up and, and saves her. And, and the mercs uh, retreat when uh, Tila and Duncan 
show up on the scene and start blasting at them as well because i mean they couldn't beat he-man so they're certainly not going to beat he-man and literally anyone else (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh he-man orders the two uh duncan and tila to follow the the fleeing bad guys and then he kind of gets julie and says you know we i need your help and he he starts telling her the plot of the movie yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's very accurate yeah Yeah. uh then we cut to kevin who arrives at the music shop and uh charlie acts like he's seen this before which is kind of funny and then you were like oh wait no he he really hasn't Mm -hmm. he's bullshitting his way oh yeah yeah. again another person who assumes it's a japanese synthesizer (laughs) (laughs) yeah charlie's got kind of a beatnik look to him but he's i don't know it seemed like a very kind of movies almost yeah it feels like this character they had the clothing and the look picked out for an older guy Mm -hmm. like a gary gygax looking motherfucker yeah like in his 50s right but he's like maybe six years older than (laughs) than barely yeah yeah like looks close to the same age and but owns his uh his own own fucking music music show yeah uh I mean, the 80s were a great time in American economy, so he can... Oh, yeah. Fucking, yeah. yeah, drop out of high school. Not, yeah, don't even have to finish high school no, to get, like, just... a sweet union job or, like, yeah. a fucking, uh, your own store. Yeah. And uh, so they, they play with the keys some more, which is always a bad idea, because that always just tells the bad guys exactly where they are. But then they're interrupted by police cars driving by, and luckily, Charlie's got a police scanner just on... It's this sta- fucking like, like cinder block looking yeah. <laughs> radio. Yeah, it looks like it has a portable television in the damn thing. <laughs> and uh, so he's immediately able to just, yeah, uh, listen in. And the police are going to the high school. And Kevin is just like, oh, no, that's where I left Julie. Then we cut back to He-Man and Julie in the trash maze. He-Man fil- finishes telling Julie all about what's going on here. And he asks if she's seen the key and luckily she's one of like the two humans in this entire planet that has and uh also makes the gang one for one for asking the locals the only person they ever question and she's like oh yeah i've seen that yeah, <laughs> yeah really that <laughs> luck. A thousand here. yeah they're, yeah. they're great <laughs> over at the high school uh there's police and, and fire on the scene kevin shows up and just kind of gets in the way but he asks a, a, a badly beaten Carl what happened. <laughs> Carl has a great line here. You don't even want to know. Yeah, you don't <laughs> never want to you know. Sorry, you don't never want to yeah, know. Yeah. Some triple negatives going on. Yeah. And then the cop is the principal from Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, great classic, like, hard-ass actor. Mm-hmm. He does a great. Yeah, so this is Lubick that we're, interest, we're introduced to. And uh, Lubick is actually think... kind of a major character going forward here. Yeah, but also the worst cop. Oh, he's yeah. terrible at his he, job. He, uh, they play him like he's this hard-boiled, like, like Boston or New York cop. He even has a weird accent. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't sound like he's from California. No, he's certainly um, not. But he's, he's like, kind of doing sure. the, like, yeah, hard-boiled cop from, from the East Coast in this small town yeah. in California. Like, he's got, like, a le- long leather trench coat and mm-hmm. shit. Like, it's a really strange uh, character. Like, he's from another movie. Absolutely, yeah. He hates Kevin almost from the get-go. Oh, yeah. Immediately suspicious Mm -hmm. of this kid who's like, I think my girlfriend died in this fire. And it's like, oh, well, maybe you fucking did it. (laughs) (laughs) Immediately hates him. So they now Kevin Kevin is being a bit of a dummy here because he he actually tries to 
push past some cops to get into the the burning building and the cops easily stop him. One of the cops is Lubick and, and they get talking and uh, Lubick is not at all concerned because he's just like, oh, we, we took a look around in there. There's no one in there type of thing. Right. We, we Even though they've it. got Julie's burnt up coat, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was her bag because she, it was her bag. Yeah. Also, her coat looks fucking ridiculous. It's like it looks like it was it's a denim jacket, but it was made from jeans because you see like the like the denim jeans, like Levi label and like the like. The buttons, you know, to button your. Oh, hand. I hadn't noticed that. Yeah, I did, and it's weird as fuck. <laughs> I did, and did it bothered a number me. On you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Lubick, yeah, is suspicious of Kevin. Kevin from the get go, and and starts kind of asking him the, these questions about, you know, he's like, I got, I got a burning school, I got all these things, and and you know, you're you're being suspicious, and uh, and, and Kevin is trying to to tell him about Julie and and. Oh, Lubick starts writing down. Yeah, he starts it, taking notes. Yeah, because right. he's giving him information. He's describing yeah. Julie. And he starts taking notes about what she looks yeah. like. And, and then Kevin's like, are, oh, Kevin yeah, are you are you just going to take notes? Shouldn't you be out there doing something? And Lubick's like, okay, let's go for a ride. Like, yeah. He immediately is just like, I'm taking you into custody. Uh, but, but like, not really. Not really. He's, yeah. like, he's like getting in the front seat. Yeah. yeah. So take, Luke, take me to your girlfriend's house yeah. <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. And... <laughs> So it's really funny because Lubick is ostensibly investigating this fire, this ongoing scene of the of a crime. And he drops everything to just fuck with Kevin for the rest <laughs> of the film, <laughs> which is great. So they yeah, they have to, uh, he, he gets Kevin in the front seat of his uh, detective mobile and, and they go uh, to drive to, to Julie's. Tila and Duncan uh, come back to report uh into the trash uh, to he-man and uh, in the trash maze that they lost the mercs they got away and tila does not like julie <laughs> she's yeah. obviously decided that julie is after her man here yeah. the one yeah, the one other woman in this movie that isn't evil <laughs> so yeah. she's gonna yeah. be upset yeah and she has a great line about uh, they they lost the mercs yeah she said something like we weren't we weren't as lucky as you, but she's like looking at Julie and she refuses to shake Julie's hand. And she's, she's just really giving her the oh, eye. Yeah. 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 The, especially the weren't as lucky. Like yeah. not all of us just get to run into the glistening muscles of a He-Man and, mm. and fucking get, have a cape draped over <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. Or I don't know. Maybe she's mad at He-Man. Cause she's like, no, no, like we, do, we all can't run into the gorgeous Courtney Cox. Mm. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so they're talking a little bit, but then uh, Gwildor hasn't given us a comic relief moment for a little while. And uh, he pulls up in a pink Corvette that he is tricked out back to the future style. And uh, this is another O Gwildor moment where everyone is a primitive land boat. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh, because there are and I say O Gwildor moment because there are several times in this movie where everyone looks at him and goes Quildor. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I believe this is one of them. And he's basically made kind of an EV. Like it doesn't travel through time, but he's, he's, it doesn't run on gas anymore. It runs on some kind of neutrinos, I think is, is what he says. And uh, so they have transport now to, to get around town. We go back to Grayskull 
where Skeletor is holding Evelyn's face real close. He's sitting on his throne and he's kind of like he's he's cupping her face between his hands and they're they're talking really kind of close up. And I was like, oh, are we going to get like a little like romantic moment? We're not. Uh, because he only has eyes for He-Man, and we know that. Oh, yeah. But he wants to know why there is resistance. And Evelyn tells him it's because they're waiting for He-Man. There's the, the people and the, the scattered forces of Eternia are still waiting for He-Man to come back and lead them and lead the resistance. And, uh, of course, you know, Skeletor doesn't like that. But they're inter- interrupted by the mercs, who come back extra snivelly. <laughs> And Karg Karg tries to do some gaslighting here because he tells them that they were defeated by He-Man and the Eternians, but that they were outnumbered and they, they, you know, they had to fall back. We thought it was excuses, excuses, excuses. They, uh, yeah, there is a really good follow-up to that. And Blade uh, asks for one more chance, and Skeletor has a great line about how he is not. I think he says, "Give us one more chance," and Skeletor is like. I'm not in the giving mood today or some, something, something, something along those yeah. lines. And he fucking evaporates uh, Sarad. Which, to me, seemed like a strange choice mm-hmm. that they got rid of one of the costumed guys. Yeah. But I think maybe it's just because they can give lines to Blade is probably why they did that or yeah. something. And, and I also thought it was funny because he Blade was like, give us one more chance. Skeletor is basically, no. But then disintegrates the guy sitting next to him instead of of yeah. Blade himself, and then proceeds to immediately give all of the rest of them another chance at this. Uh, but he, he he sends Evil Lynn with them to babysit them for for round two, basically. I was not suggesting that I go. Then you should not have spoken. Leave immediately. When you find the key, send a sourcing signal. An attack force will join you, or I will follow. And he he tells her to take as many forces as she deems necessary type of thing. Uh, Now we get back to Lubick and Kevin, who pull up in front of Julie's house. And uh, they they arrive inside and... Lubick is is very much like no funny business to Kevin as they're going in. Like he's he like he expects to be jumped or something. Like again, he's very very from, strange from a different movie. Hard boiled <laughs> like yeah, Harvey Keitel bad lieutenant shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously it's really weird. Yeah, and luckily they get there just as Julie is calling her own house from a payphone because I guess she assumed that Kevin might go there. Uh, Kevin picks up the phone, but he's sneaky on the phone because he, he doesn't want Lubick hearing what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, oh, no, Julie's not here. And she's like, what? But then they kind of she gets she picks up on it and, and she she tells him basically to sit tight and that, uh, you know, there she's got some new friends and they're going to be arriving there soon mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Uh, and Lubick snatches the phone from Kevin because he, he gets fed up of, of whatever Kevin's doing or he gets wise to it. But she's just hung up as, as that. And then Kevin tries to deflect by like he goes to the fridge and grabs another bucket of the uh, or maybe the same bucket that they had before of the uh, ribs. And he's like, do you want some kind of thing? Like he's trying to he's trying to get on the good side of Lubick. We get some unhinged shit from Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Just puts the whole bucket right into the microwave, Mm -hmm. which I feel is not advisable. Probably shouldn't do that. (laughs) I feel like there's like like that little bit of like tinfoil lining. Yeah, something like that. that like, it, the bucket would take all the heat, so the ribs would still be cold, and the bucket's just hot <laughs> and sweating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And 
so Lubick is now suspicious of the cosmic key because Kevin's been carrying this thing around. He wants to know what it is. And uh, he, he plays with it a little bit and Kevin Al- shows it to also, him. Also, like in the way that Gwildor does, punches the keys like with, an ape. Yeah. Like, with his like curled <laughs> up like yeah. knuckles. He's like, brum, 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 brum. and it's like, like, yeah. like Ooh. a simpleton laugh comes out of him. It's fucking strange. Like, yeah. so they, like he's a gorilla. He's like, Ooh. Yeah. He has this this moment with it and he he does look like he's like a child, like a child discovering this thing. He really likes it. And then he deadpan says to him, I don't think like this isn't a synthesizer, right? Like he has any fucking clue what this thing is. We cut back to the trash maze where Evelyn and uh, her party arrive. (laughs) <laughs> this is this is this actually is so legitimately good. funny. Yeah, they're using like a device. It's like a kind time of, scanner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they do. I feel like they they do the same thing in the new Cross the Spider Verse movie where mm-hmm. they're able to kind of see what happened. They give give you get like a digital recreation of what had happened because they're and it's just them getting bodied by He Man <laughs> and Cox, <laughs> and then she's just like outnumbered, eh? He Man. And a native girl. That's what <laughs> yeah. she says. And it's like, oh, that's brutal. Yeah. And she, what is it? The line outnumbered more like outclassed yeah i was just like, oh, oh yeah and delivered from her too oh like, she's oh, got step on mm, me mommy <laughs> yeah she has that vibe yeah she of all the female characters in this movie she was my favorite i will just <laughs> yeah, say that yeah. much and uh so <laughs> then we go we go back to to lubick who has pressed the uh the big red button uh and that allows the uh, the baddies to locate the signal. So we, we get evil Lynn. Uh, <laughs> we, we get this. She's got kind of a personal assistant stormtrooper that we see several times who has this little, like this big scanning device that he, he tracks the key from and the microwave, uh, Julie's microwave is acting like a jamming device somehow yeah. in some way. And he's like, we're just jammed. And uh, evil Lynn's just like, destroy the jamming device. And, Apparently that's a thing they can do remotely, which is pretty yeah. wild. But <laughs> he's like, I, he's like, I don't recognize it. Like, who, I don't know what's going to happen. She's like, just do it anyway. And he's like, yeah. okay. And he presses one button, and back at, cut the planet. <laughs> 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 Movie's over. God. Uh, so we do hard cut though back to uh, Lubick and, and Kevin standing on either sides of this microwave, waiting for the the ribs to to cook, and the microwave just blows up. Yeah. It just blows up. And Only further making him more suspicious. Oh, oh yeah. Cause he like, he, he Lubick, this happens. And then Lubick kind of acts like this is some kind of freak shit that Kevin's doing. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he, he's right in the cold war paranoia. He really oh, yeah. is. But the cold war ended. Yeah. He asks not Kevin yet. if he's a magician. Not, not till the nineties. This is 87. So Lubick, yeah. Lubick's really had enough by this point. And he he's intimid- uh, like interrogating Kevin about the, the the cosmic key, and Kevin admits that it key isn't his. Uh, so Lubick immediately assumes that he stole it, and uh, he confiscates it and leaves. Basically says, "I'm going to investigate this. Yeah, I'm gonna, he's going to go down to Charlie's, and uh, if it's you know if it's legit, he'll get it back. Otherwise, you know he's he's going to go to jail." Both the bad guys and the good guys race to Julie's 
using very different modes of transportation, which I found to be funny. Evelyn has this hover barge that we'll see. She's got kind of a smaller very version reminiscent of reminiscent of some of the toys, mm-hmm. like the, the kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I love it. And then the souped up pimp mobile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> flying in. Yeah. Uh, so the good guys, or sorry, the bad guys arrive there first. They blast into the house, which is really funny because I'm pretty sure the doors weren't locked or anything. They just they just blow yeah. the the doors right up, and uh, they they don't take Kevin's screams to get out seriously. Uh, instead, Beastman fucks up Kevin, beats oh, yeah. the shit out of him, <laughs> yeah. throws him through a table. Yeah, a very obvious stunt double. But <laughs> yeah. when, when it's Kevin going through the table, I was like, okay, that dude weighs like 220 pounds. Like yeah. that's a that's like a man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Evil Lynn interrogates him. They put a, a truth collar on him, which yeah. is a, a pretty cool little device. I'm like, when your goth girlfriend is into some weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> From Kevin, they're able to get the fact that he knows about the key, but the key was taken from him by a police officer, which they don't really ask any questions about. So there must be police officers on Eternia. They, they, they know what that means i guess and while they're doing this stormtroopers are tearing apart julie's house yeah just to look for clues all the stuff she had packed up Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, so they're like ripping it apart yeah they they find like i don't know if it was just she had like clippings about how her parents died yeah uh and they find that and they're Mm -hmm. like oh maybe we could use this as well yeah yeah so karg brings it to evil lynn uh, because Karg is trying to get back in the good graces after the whole He-Man incident. Yeah. And he's like, look, we could use this. And Evelyn's like, all right, yeah, I guess. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but they, they will end up using it, which is actually a pretty cool little scene coming up. And so they leave Kevin lying on the floor with the truth collar. So they I don't think they would take it with them. Yeah, I guess like, they must have a bunch of them, right? Like, they're just pretty well, disposable. I don't know, because we, uh, our heroes show up mm-hmm. like pretty much right away how yeah. they didn't see the flying barge yeah, take off it is within like, 10 seconds yeah. and in the same scene yeah same shot of like, of, of these like it's just a shot of their their kind of street and yeah the the hover barge flies off up across the screen and maybe five seconds later the the pink corvette pulls yeah. up it's like boy i wonder what is that that low flying ufo there i yeah. wonder if that that is a native uh, uh device but the uh, yeah, the good guys show up, and uh, they also sort of interrogate Kevin before taking the yeah, collar off. Well, Man at Arms is like working on Fiddling it, with it yeah. He calls it something. He's like, it's the collar of Algernon or whatever. Like, it it has a name. So that's why a... I was like, why would they fucking leave that? There might only be one of these. It seems super valuable. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, they like kind of keep asking him questions. They manage to get it off, and it it sort of was like putting him in trance because he now seems to like only suddenly be aware that where he is yeah. when they take the collar off because he flips out again because mm-hmm. uh, there's more strangely dressed people in the house. Yes. <laughs> and he grabs a chair and holds it over his head and he's like, truly, get, get away. Like, yeah. get away from them. And Tila, my dear sweet Tila, instead yeah. of doing anything else, he is, he is no threat to them. No. Kevin with a chair is negative threat. <laughs> she takes out her blaster and blows up the chair he's holding yeah. because she fucking love shooting things and i love her for it uh so kevin here he he says the same thing twice 
Like he explains what's happened two times in a row mm-hmm. with like the, the <laughs> slightly de- variations, slight variations in, in how it went down. Yeah. Uh, and we yeah. do honestly get a fucking great Gwildor joke here. We do. Because Gwildor's b- d- gathered up the clothing that yes. has been scattered about. He's like, oh, look, local clothing. If we wear this, no one will recognize us. And <laughs> Kevin's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and then Gwildor's like, see? Yeah, I fucking burst out laughing at that. It's a legitimately yeah. funny joke. Uh, yeah. And that actually actually serves to lighten the mood for our heroes because before that Kevin is just not having this he is not okay with any of the things that have just happened and uh, Gwildor comes in does his little bit and and now we're kind of all cool with each other (laughs) and uh, with a reluctant Kevin the uh, the gang races to Charlie's music store Lubick is already at Charlie's and he's asking Charlie about the key Lubick here thinks it's Russian. Uh, yeah, we, we do get that Cold War paranoia. And I, I still felt like, shouldn't Lubick just put the key in his trunk or something and go back to investigating the high school fire? You know, the much more... And the assault of the janitor? Yeah. The... Yeah, he's really invested in He's super shit. invested yeah. in Kevin and fucking yeah. up Kevin's shit. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he, man, Tila, and them all, like, walk in. Yeah. And, like, it's like a fucking, like, guar, like, metal band. Like, oh, it's so what good, they look yeah. like. like. Lubick has another good hard-boiled line here. Why do I get the feeling I, that I've been looking for you all night? Yeah. He's pointing at He-Man, right? And uh, and it, it plays great against the shot of He-Man striding majestically through the music shop. Mm. Because this is a scene I always think of with how out of place He-Man's costume is compared mm. to everyone else. Because everyone else is fully clothed. The other Eternians are fully clothed. Yeah. Yeah. Gwildor is more than fully clothed <laughs> yeah. at this point with his, his disguise on. And He-Man is wearing underwear, a cape, and shoulder pads. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> wonderful. It is one of the best shots in the movie, uh, just for its sheer audacity of, of He-Man's fabulousness. Lubick pulls out his thirty-eight uh, and tells them to freeze because he, like, he's going to get some answers. Spoiler alert, he will not. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Obviously, it's like in the 80s, so cops can just take out their gun and question people at whim. Oh, yeah. yeah they yeah. don't need to, you know. No, this is this is the, the proper police procedure of the time. <laughs> Lubick uh, immediately loses control of the situation when Gwildor chimes in uh, to let everyone know that the bad guys are also arriving. Tila disarms Lubick, and uh, they, they kind of get ready for the assault. They, they're gonna besiege the uh or i guess they're gonna be besieged in the uh the music store and evelyn arrives with the remaining mercs and a bunch of stormtroopers she orders Beastman to lead an attack on the the attorneys in the store while she goes about some evil planning this store must have cost a fortune mm. they yeah. blow up Oh, every yeah. instrument yeah. in this fucking store and i can't imagine that was cheap to do yeah like that it's insane what they destroyed because yeah. this is a this is a music shop that is kind of packed to the gills with stuff oh, yeah it's huge. yeah and gwildor in the back room here does some key calculations he-man and duncan have created a barricade in the front of the shop with a bunch of instruments drum sets like all sorts of yeah expensive stuff that they're gonna hide behind kevin uh 
helpfully chimes in in the because he's in the back room with Gwildor, uh, Julie, L- and Lubick, I think, and Tila. Charlie's there too. And Charlie there too. Yeah, that he doesn't understand what's going on. And I'm like, Kevin, why would you understand? And why yeah. should you think that this is a good time to to yeah. ask? But can someone can someone catch me up? I heard you caught up Julia earlier. Can we just do that again? Uh, Gwildor gives him a little bit of talking about the key, basically saying that the universe is music uh, in clear foreshadowing to, to something that will happen later. Lubick hates everything that's going on right now, which is fun. (laughs) And then the battle begins in the music shop. Uh, two dozen stormtroopers kind of leap through the the windows and, and burst through the doors and stuff. Uh, but they can't hit these two guys at all. Yeah, um, they get blasted. Tila yeah. comes out. She has a uh, like you know shoots a bunch of guys like one shot. Like, oh yeah, she line. yeah because woman, woman at arms. Yeah, yeah. woman at arms. You woman. That's touch. another good camera spike she does yeah. there too as she's she's doing that. And uh, but Duncan and. and he-Man also before that have a little bit of action movie banter. Duncan throws a grenade into a bin of like metal parts, instrument parts and, and kills a bunch of stormtroopers. So there's, this is one of the, the big fight scenes in the movie and uh, Lubick, like he's listening to it out there. He's the one actually that convinces Tila to go out there and, and start helping He-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, she is only too happy to, to get to shoot people. Yes. Right. So it's great. And uh, she's like Dick Cheney in a, hunt <laughs> yeah so in the back room while this all this is going on lubick tries to strong arm kevin into giving him back his gun uh, as tila had given it to him kevin doesn't bite uh lubick threatens him with 850 years in jail which was really funny <laughs> so pretty crazy arbitrary <laughs> yeah. Number. Yeah. Uh, i think at most he'd serve like what like five years <sighs> Maybe. Yeah, who, I mean, de- I guess depends on the state on the judge, right? Yeah. Uh, Julie, at this point, she is just kind of looking wistfully out the window of at the back of the shop. And she sees her mother in the alley behind, kind of beckoning for her. Uh, Lubick kind of charges at Kevin, wrestles for the gun. While this is happening, Julie just kind of sneaks out the back door. Julie runs to where she sees her mother. And her mother gives her some really bad excuses about top secret work and them having to go into hiding. And that's why and she's so yeah. happy to see her. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I would feel like after like the I guess the plane crash, they would search it and there'd be dead bodies and shit like that. I don't know if I'd run towards a facsimile of your dead mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'd scream in horror. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I mean, I think just there's a suspension of disbelief because of all the crazy stuff that's been happening mm-hmm. now. And for the mom to be like, well, I'm back now because all, because of of all this stuff yeah. is happening yeah. and this is, it, this is ties into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, she tells Julie to get the key. The, uh, all the boys are wrestling now, Charlie Lubick and, uh, <laughs> and Kevin. Uh, but Gwildor has the gun somehow. Which is great. Yeah, and uh, he he fires off a shot to break up the fight. And he's like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> Julie bursts on the scene. And they're just it's like, she, she doesn't really care about anything that's going on. But she's got this manic kind of excited look on yeah. her face. She just grabs the cosmic key off of uh, yeah. a table where Gwildor's been working on it and books it. <laughs> oh. She gives it to her mom who turns into Evil Lynn while, like, Julie is hugging her. 
and uh, who's also very proud of herself. Like you can see, yeah. Evelyn's got like a oh yeah, I yeah. fucking got this bitch. And <laughs> Julie has this great look on her face where she she holds both sides of her head and just screams. Right? She's yeah. it's a it's a real uh, kind of final girl walked into you know like the the chamber of horrors where all of her dead friends are vibe to it. Uh, so. The evil forces then retreat from the fight because they have what they came for. Um, so the they all fuck off. Gwildor alerts the, the crew in front that the, the key has been stolen whilst uh, still holding Charlie, Kevin, and Lubick at gunpoint, which is really <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, something, uh, before I forget, something yeah. that I wanted to mention back when Kevin was at the house. He's clean before the bad guys burst in. He's cleaning up by wiping down the counter and he takes a bunch of Burger King garbage and puts it in the sink. Yeah. As well as three oranges. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. That's, I was going to say a weirdo. Was unhinged thing. But yeah, it's like there's no garbage compactor or anything like that. He just loads up a shallow sink. Like a shallow prep sink with Burger King garbage. <laughs> I was like, why? What the fuck is happening? And I just had to go back and mention that because that always stood out to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I think we get our air centurions now. Yeah. yeah. So sweet we- hoverboard <laughs> action. Uh, so we, yeah, so they, they all rush out the back door, uh, but some s- stormtroopers show up to kind of slow them down. And they, they're defeated. The gang runs off in pursuit of, of Evil Lynn. Lubick and Charlie are left in the store and Lubick takes a shotgun that Charlie keeps under the counter. Uh, you got a gun. You got to keep gotta, a gun. He's like smacking him his yeah. chest. Yeah. And poor, stuff. poor Charlie there is in his burning shop. Like his whole oh, life yeah. is, is yeah. just destroyed in front of him. And Lubick is, is just staring down giving the, barrel, him like the, the, the old, companies. like, what do you, yeah. what do you got to stutter? You got to stutter? You little bitch. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that energy to him. And so he, he gets the gun. Then he tells Charlie to stay put in the burning building. What a great cop this I is. Know. And he's like, he's finally getting cl- like backup. Yeah. yeah. Like he's not like calling for them while there's like a firefight yeah. in the yeah. goddamn well, store. First, first the, the first thing he does is he runs out the front door and screams at half a dozen stormtroopers to freeze. Which goes about as well as you'd expect, of course. So the, yeah. the stormtroopers all open up on him. He ducks behind a car that gets riddled with laser fire and explodes. Uh, he's somehow fine, though. Mm-hmm. Evil Lynn prepares to meet up with uh, Skeletor. And Skeletor is coming here with quite an entourage. He opens a giant portal. An even bigger barge. Even bigger barge. Yeah. He's got a super battle barge that I would, to this day, love to have the, the toy for. <laughs> or even like a, the exact copy where it's just like you're like you're on a hover thing. You're just going down downtown Halifax to like pick up a prescription. <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminded me of the one in 300. Where oh, Xerxes. when Xerxes is on. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But it's like it's got that vibe, eh? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he comes through. He's got he's got a, a billion stormtroopers. He's got they're called centurions. They're soldiers on sweet hoverboards, and we'll see a lot of them for the, <laughs> the last little bit here. And yeah, he's got his battle barge throne tank. So he calls Evil Lynn, whose secretary passes along the call to her, which I thought was <laughs> unnecessarily fun. And uh, she reports that she has the key. 
But what about He-Man? Yeah, <laughs> Skeletor could not give less of a shit. It's yeah. so dismissive. I felt so bad for Evil Lynn because every time Evil Lynn is happy about some evil deed that she's done, and she is pretty good at her job, honestly. Yeah. Skeletor immediately, immediately turns the subject to his fucking senpai he-man because yeah. <laughs> he just wants to be noticed senpai that's like something i never expected to come out of your mouth i know i know the memes that the kids like i know the uh, notice me senpai me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh god yeah poor evil Lin. yeah he he's very dismissive he sends his air centurions to track down our our gang of attorneys which they do immediately. Yeah. And I mean, they're running hard not to notice a <laughs> giant true. muscle man and like yeah. wearing barely nothing. <laughs> uh, He-Man uh, kills some of them with his, his laser gun uh, as the gang flees through alleys and they enter a, a building. It's like kind of an office building and climb this climb stairs as one of the centurion shoots out the windows near them and is kind of taking pot shots through the window uh, he in turn is shot by He-Man as they get up the stairs, who then breaks a window and jumps onto oh, the. They make a hoverboard. meal out of this. Oh yeah, like the movie like slows down a beat <laughs> just to be like, oh yeah, He-Man's getting on the flying. Thing. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. The movie's really excited to put him on this flying but, thing and have it look stupid as fuck. There are oh, <laughs> it's it's so bad because like sometimes like you'll see like it's like a over the shoulder shot, but you like you see like the back of He-Man's head and he's just like. Oh, the, he's just standing in the bed of a truck that's yeah. driving down the street that's out of frame, which yeah. is so yeah. funny. But then the rest of the time, it's like terrible composite shots. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love it. It looks campy and fun, but oh, it's yeah. not. It doesn't hold up. I don't think it looked no. good when it came out. It probably did not. The movie, I love that you say it slows down because it, it really does. There's a couple of times during the movie where I feel like they made time... Like okay, now is where the audience is gonna stand up and cheer. So exactly. we wanna we wanna play this out a little bit, and I think that was one of those moments. Our other uh, others of the gang are on the roof of that building now, and so He Man zooms about town. He finds Evil Lynn and her entourage just kind of strolling around the streets. <laughs> The, this this populated city of no one of no there's one no extras. yeah this is we there's should one scene where there's extras and it's mm -hmm. outside of charlie's music store like early yeah. on in the film we should note at this point that a lot of the later half of this movie takes place in the downtown of this little town that they're in it's 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 not a huge town but it's it's got several kind of what i would classify as kind of main streets shopping districts you know a, a bit of an urban center to it mm. And you will never see anyone outside. Devoid of life. Yeah. Never the, once. There's people at the rib place and there's <laughs> people outside of Charlie's in that scene. And then after that, no extras. Yeah. It's like as empty as like taking a Beverly Hills. Like yeah. The, like yeah. The, the downtown core. <laughs> at least they had the conceit of evacuating the population, yeah. right? This movie is just like, no, everyone's asleep or something. I yes. guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so He-Man, uh, yeah, he he comes up on, on Evelyn and her entourage. And he uses our great grappling hook again to once again snatch the cosmic key. And it's, it's a great, like, she's like, no. And, and uh, it, it's, yeah, it's a whole thing. And then he, he flies off. 
Yeah, he gets into so, like a fight. Here he does with, get into with a fight, right? Yeah, because he takes yeah. them out. This is the one time where someone's actually killed with the sword. Yes, because uh, I think I think most of the stormtrooper guys are just robots because he cuts that guy in half. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, they do like a fucking jousting thing with yeah. the fly the, the hoverboards, and he fucking smashes that guy in half with his sword. Uh, and then we go over to where the rest of our cast mm-hmm. is on the roof, kind of getting into a fight. Uh, or actually, are they getting into a fight, they or is it just? Oh no, they they don't know. They get and then ambushed by the yeah. entire like hover bar. Yeah, that so I maybe laugh so hard because like it's like Julie and Kevin. There's like standing all in the background. You see fucking Skeletor <laughs> yeah. slowly oh. rising up. Yeah. It's just like. Uh, he's right behind me, isn't he? It's got that energy <laughs> it does, to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so they, yeah, He Man shows up. They try to warn him. Mm-hmm. Julie loves screaming. He Man, no, yes. like <laughs> just like He Man, yeah. and then they like take out the hoverboard, and He Man crashes there. Yeah. So we've uh, yeah. we're kind yeah. of and, and Skeletor gives us another sweet monologue here. He he still wants everyone to surrender. Of course, he he does his honest best to take everyone alive which i always think is really funny for a villain named skeletor who is apparently the epitome of evil just doesn't really want to kill anyone though he um those will be taxpayers in his new that is (laughs) that's what he's thinking about right yeah gotta keep the body capped up Mm -hmm. yeah uh, so yeah, there's a there's a fight here. He man gets a bunch, fights a bunch of dudes, gets dogpiled, doesn't care. Only really stops fighting when Skeletor, you know, basically gives him the ultimatum of all of your friends die, or I will spare them if you become my slave. And He Man is, uh, you know, he has a great line with a great Dolph delivery. Yeah. This is our fight. I don't want innocent people to die. Like it's it's I one do of those not ones. Want innocent people to die. And then like that. <laughs> we get my favorite single scene of the movie. And Frank Langella, and I know he made up some of his lines for this. He he ad-libbed a bunch of stuff. But in this one, it's not the line itself, but how he looks. Cause Skeletor has his he's resting his head on like his his fingers like by his hand with his fingers kind of in an L shape and he's, he's got like just resting out of his hand and he's looking down and he says, well said he man, how noble, but he's, he's got the same look as Tila earlier. How are the pretty ones always so dumb? Look? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> because he just cannot believe this. Right. And, and it's so wonderful and it just it made the whole movie i i paused it and i i rewound it and i watched it again because i i do encourage you if you're watching this movie and dear god if you're not watching these movies by this by we're 11 episodes in yeah. watch the damn movies they're, yourself, they're great do yourself a favor yeah. Yeah. there's been no stinkers here it's, it's... but these little emotions these little things that the characters did to to bring them to life or the actors did to bring the characters to life and give them a little bit more pizzazz pizzazz and personality and put some stank on it yeah really does make this movie it's in the little things where you're gonna find uh your your favorite parts and and that is my absolute favorite part of that movie so skeletor does actually leave the gang alone here he he like he looks kind of sad about it when he says you know leave him alone but he has he-man now so he doesn't really care no one else matters no one else matters yeah (laughs) Nothing compares to, to you. you. <laughs> oh, we're going hard on the Sinead O'Connor. I love yeah. it. All right. A rest in peace. One yeah. of the things that he did during this little fight, though, was he he blasted uh, Julie with... He's got kind of a force lightning thing that Skeletor can do. 
and he he blasted Julie with it. So she's she's down for the count. So the gang kind of sees to Julie as Skeletor parades off with, with yeah. He-Man. So yeah, when they leave, because they're like, it's like, oh no, she, she's hurt, and they're like, we need to dress it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Kevin, they're like, we, we, they need water, and Kevin's like, oh, there's a fountain down in the courtyard. Yeah, like, yeah, don't oh, use that disgusting yeah, no, fountain. No, definitely not. This like, I try not to do that. Uh, yeah. yeah, dirty standing penny water. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck oh no, God. do mm-hmm. not. Because I was laughing because they. They go down and she's on the bench like whimpering mm-hmm. and then they show the wound and it's like bubbling and pulsating. It's and I'm like, oh man, they definitely shouldn't have put that water on there. It made it worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing that Skeletor did was that he zapped the uh, cosmic key, the, their version of the cosmic key, their prototype. And so it's power circuits are all fried. So they can't get home right now. They're stranded. And uh, yeah, they so th- they go down in defeat, basically, to the fountain to to see to Julie. And uh, now Lubick is is back on on the scene with all the cops that he could find. And uh, they're all reasonably skeptical about this evil army that he's been telling ab- them about. Yeah, he he sounds crazy. He does sound like crazy, he's so yeah. it's not yeah. not going well for him. So he's hunting around uh we we kind of intersperse between him and the the gang there. Kevin uh you know, Kevin's really upset over here of course because they basically told him that they can't do anything for Julie. Only the sorceress can heal Julie and she's an Eternia and they are very much not. And he asks Gwildor, he's like, there, there must be a way back. And Gwildor's like, no, not really. Yeah, because uh, he says like it, it yeah, because it's fried and mm-hmm. doesn't have the memory of, of going back and they would have to remember. And then that's when Kevin's like, yeah. do you mean the song it plays when you press the button? <laughs> <laughs> like, you mean that really easy to remember yeah. tone? Like, yeah. bah, 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 is what it is. I love um, that you know the tone. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. Like, yeah, because. But he's like trying to remember it. And yeah. there's a fuck another Tila great gets to shoot something scene. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. there's the... a there's a speaker just kind of with elevator music mm-hmm. and he can't he can't. It's distracting. So Tila immediately shoots it <laughs> and he's able to remember the the tone. And uh, Gwildor's like, why didn't you tell me you're a song maker? And this we do actually get a pretty good exchange here where Kevin's like, oh, I can't I can't do this. And, he, and he's down on himself. And then Gwildor is the one who has to pump him up because <laughs> yes. he's just like, I'm just Kevin. And he's just like, only one of you, Kevin. Only one of anybody. And yeah. like, it gives him the whole destiny fucking speech. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's a good line. <laughs> yeah. I I. I absolutely love these two together. Mm-hmm. I feel like they should have like their own like buddy cop spinoff. <laughs> yeah, like that movie A Gnome Named Norm. <laughs> Be like that. Like Anthony yeah. Michael Hall with the fucking weird Stan Winston puppet. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So they all kind of get reinvigorated about being able to to fix it. And uh, Gwildor's like, oh, I actually can fix it. I just need these three specific things that happen to be hanging off of uh, Tila and Manadars. They just oh happen to have God. everything he needs. I, I love that so much because he he mentions these, these, again, more nonsense MacGuffins. And it's a great introduction of a problem that isn't because they immediately solve it. And they just get more and more hyped about it because Tila's like, oh, I've got one of those like right here. Yeah. And Duncan is just like, I have one of like, and it's yeah. so funny. It's yeah. just a great, it's a great nothing of a, of a scene because they've already solved the major problem that they <laughs> wanted to show it's you like, of like the tone. 
It's like uh, the meeting of the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, it's like, and, my, and my hypo spanner. Yeah, and my ox. Um, so Kevin takes off to the music store to get a keyboard, and I think we jump over to Eternia to find uh, our hot BDSM scene with oh, yeah. uh, He-Man and Skeletor, because they have like <laughs> He-Man in chains and they're like locking the chains into the floor yeah. uh, yes. and strip him of like his cape thing. Yeah, there's uh, not much clothes to strip yeah. off him. No, there really is not. The, yeah, it's basically just take his cape off. Okay, he's ready for torture now. Yeah. And Blade, yeah, Blade is pretty excited about the, the energy whip. Uh, oh, yeah, it, 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 like Ghostbusters technology, red, like yeah. hand-drawn yeah. energy whip that he's just yeah. beating the shit out of. What's the, interesting you know, with... with, though, is we get two cuts here. We get one cut to Evil Lynn, who she's looking at it. She's got like kind of that like half smile that like she's kind of into to watching what's going on. Skeletor looks visibly uncomfortable. I know. Yeah. Watching He-Man get tortured. He seemed... But like, and I think it maybe is when we cut, we kind of cut back and no, forth. No, there's it, two. It, it, yeah, there's yeah. two times, but it's like at the end of, after when he's like kind of done whipping him, the last whipping, Skeletor's like he's gripping, holding his he's staff onto his life. staff and sort of not looking, mm-hmm. but like viscerally like jumping as if yeah. like a, a jump scare happened every yeah. time that He-Man's getting like struck. Like yeah. he's scared of his own boner. <laughs> 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 He's <laughs> like, I'm finding things out about myself today. <laughs> there is, and it's the during this this kind of last quarter or so of the movie, we get so many really interesting. I don't want to say relev- revelations about Skeletor and about yeah. their relationship, He Man and Skeletor. Well, he has a good line to him when he says, "Tell me about the loneliness of good He Man. Is it equal to the loneliness of evil?" Which kind of goes back to what I said, mm-hmm. where he just didn't get invited to a birthday party and yeah. Yeah. ruined his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> and that was one of the ad libbed lines, by the way. That's that wasn't crazy. wasn't in that's the script. Yeah, insane. yeah, it's a great that's, line. That's the thespian side. That oh yeah, for yeah. sure. When we when we get to that line in a few minutes, it's the part of the movie where I was like, okay, I want four sequels to this that just explore like deepen deepen their relationship yeah. because it's so interesting. But uh, bef- before we get to all that. Uh, we yeah we we get the the little the little start of the the torture scene here, and we go back to Earth, where we have our cops and the cops have kind of given up at this point. One of them offers to to drive Lubick home so we can get some rest. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're kind of done with with him. But then Lubick sees the pink Cadillac zoom around the uh, in the streets because it's the only car out tonight. Yeah, and uh, and he, he yells at them to follow it and and. Uh, so it's, of course, Kevin with the keyboard. He brings it back to the gang. Gildor has a big kind of electrical setup now that he's got the key hooked into so that they can run it. And they hook the keyboard t- up to it. And Julie and Kevin have a little moment, a nice little moment there on the mm-hmm. bench while Gildor gets the key ready. Just kind of like, I love you, I love you kind of mm-hmm. thing. And she's definitely not making her flight. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. She can just get another one. It's fine. And back in Eternia, this is where we get Skeletor looking like he is not okay because yeah, he can barely watch He-Man get tortured. He's got that that death grip on his staff. And, his horny grip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he he orders Blade to stop whipping him, and he gives him another opportunity to kneel 
and, and and this is the thing that he really wants more than anything else from He-Man is him to kneel before him. That's that's the big thing. That is Skeletor's whole reason to live at this point. And so he kind of wants like He-Man to, I guess, be his like Princess Leia mm. on the side of oh, like, just just lounging, just lounging. In, yeah, there. yeah, maybe that'd be kind of mm. hot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He is interrupted by a uh, stormtrooper that says the moon is is almost at its apex, which is when Skeletor super wins. Basically, this is what we've been waiting for the whole movie. Uh, and then Skeletor gives us a few lines on death and rebirth and, and how He-Man's death will lead to his rebirth and well, everything. And I'm just like, at this point, I'm like, you're not going to kill He-Man. No. You know you're not going to kill He-Man. Everyone in this room knows yeah. you're not going to kill He-Man. <laughs> not yeah. a chance at yeah. all. Uh, <laughs> but this is where he, he sticks the sword in the thing here mm-hmm. now. Oh, yeah. The, uh, so he has He-Man's sword, which I know has a name to it in the actual lore, but I can't remember it. But it's it's yeah. He-Man's sword. I think they call it the Sword of Eternia here. But it has a little holder on the throne, which I thought was really funny. And it like it plugs in almost. And there's yeah, like some lights that come on. key mm-hmm. yeah. for his house. It's got yeah. like a do 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 lights on it. Again, this like... The, the science fantasy mm-hmm. aspects of the movie that really do shine. Yeah. And uh, back on Earth here, we go to Lubick and the cops who come across our gang who are just preparing to dimension hop. Uh, Lubick wants to arrest them personally, though. So he is he is going to kind of lead the charge here. And he, he tells the rest of the cops to just back him up. Skeletor, uh, then we uses his giant de- desert hologram machine <laughs> to broadcast another uh, like hollow message to the same dozen yeah. guys. Remember, remember earlier today <laughs> yeah. when I told you I won. Here's where I super win. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 he's just telling them again, like, <laughs> oh, that arbitrary timer I had to wait for. It's done. Now you're gonna see me super win. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't help himself but to mention that he has acquired He Man, and that he's like He Man will witness my final victory, kind of thing. Yeah. So it's it's this good. This isn't even my final form. <laughs> it really isn't. We'll see his final form, and holy shit, it's great! Because it's, it's uh, I think that happens now. Because does he not transform before? Yeah, uh, the, he, the, he spikes the, the camera for us again, yeah. and then uh, so the then we get yeah back into the throne room. The the viewport behind Skeletor opens, and it reveals the night sky. And yeah, this is our transformation scene. So we get two balls of light that shoot from like the night sky into Skeletor. Yeah. And he narrates the whole experience. Oh, yeah. It's so fun. It's so funny. Yeah, he's talking about how it feels. And the way he's touching his own face. Yeah. Like, oh, like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, there's a, there's a yeah. meme photo of someone, like, touching their face. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. it's that. It's that yeah. fucking meme. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then he turns into, a, like, a fucking crazy golden god. I called it, called it like Super Skeletor because it reminded me, reminded me of like Super Shredder from Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles yeah. 2. But it's like a completely... But he's gold. It's gold yeah. armor, huge like... His headdress. <laughs> like Loki like, headdress what, with uh, big horns. When I think of golden god, think of like Dennis Reynolds from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I could see Dennis Charge of the that. gods. Yeah. The golden <laughs> god. <laughs> oh, I have to yeah. rewatch that show. That's fantastic. Uh, so he does that. We get a great 
Skeletor line here where mm. he again wants him to kneel. Yes. Because uh, I think he says something like that. Yeah, you should kneel. And then he's like, kneel! And lasers shoot out of <laughs> his eyes. Because that's when we then cut back over to mm-hmm. the, the gang on Earth. Just before that, we also get a view from kind of the peanut gallery in the throne room at this. And it's it's fantastic because oh, everyone's like, you know, everyone's looking on in, in her, except for Evil Lynn. And I can't tell if she was aroused, worried, or annoyed by Skeletor's transformation, but she's definitely kind of like, it's I have feelings about this. Yeah. <laughs> all three at once. Yeah. She's like, damn sexy. Then she's like, oh, God damn it, he's going to be even more annoying now. <laughs> yeah. And then like, what? was the other emotion oh it was it was uh yeah aroused worried or annoyed so yeah. and worried worried is annoyed could be yeah yeah so skeletor yeah he proclaims his godhood and so yeah we we go back to to earth here and gwildor wires up the key and it's really funny because he's got it wired up like he's stealing power for a grow up it's it's all just like bare co- yeah. metal like <laughs> copper cords hooked into yeah. a, the the building that they were just in and uh they uh, they they kind of press all. Kevin starts playing the tune on on his keyboard that they've they've hooked up there, and Lubrick charges out with his shotgun and he grabs at Kevin, but then they all get pulled into the portal. Back in Eternia, Skeletor is giving He Man the whole you know where are your friends now speech, and just in time of course for He Man's friends to all show up, and. Uh, this is where he gives us the uh, tell me about the loneliness of good He-Man is equal to the loneliness of evil, which is such a good fucking line. Yeah. I had to mention it again. I know we've already said it, but God, I loved it. It's great. And uh, then the portal opens up in his throne room. Everyone is very shocked. And we get our final, well, our second last battle. This is uh, a really nice kind of battle scene here. We get all sorts of stuff. My my thought here was that the stormtroopers would be doing a lot better if they all didn't take turns firing. Oh at yeah, the they, everyone descended on their <laughs> position like they yeah. could do it. There's nothing but like half of that Cadillac uh, stopping them from, from yeah. getting killed. I did like, however, that the portal, I guess because it's all janky and jury rigged, actually brings a section of the surrounding yeah. environment because it brings in half of their Cadillac, a part of the back brick wall of the building, mm. and I think a tree. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, it's really funny because Skeletor is just like, kill them. And then He-Man is shocked that Skeletor would renege on on the deal not to hurt his friends. Yeah. <laughs> Especially where these friends have, have kind of crashed their, their Skeletor's coronation party here. Um, like his weird sex party. <laughs> Skeletor tries to blast He-Man with his, his eye lasers and uh, He-Man blocks it with his own chains. So He-Man mm. has these kind of like... They're almost like wire chain things. Again, it's that space fantasy where he's got these big chain bracers on and they're they're hooked up almost like like with big electrical cables. But he yeah. blocks that. And uh, so they, they get kind of blasted. So he's one of them's gone. And the other one he starts using as a whip to, to kill stormtroopers with. <laughs> the gang tries to help He-Man and even Lubick gets into the action. Well, because why? Why not? I mean, he's here now. Yeah, so he co- may as well. the shotgun unnecessarily before firing (laughs) nothing bothers me more in in action movies than unnecessary cocking because you're just like you're just wasting a shell and then every time he did cock it a shell didn't pop out also he takes eight shots in a row with a pump action shotgun (laughs) there's not a pump action shotgun that i know of on earth or anywhere else that holds eight shells in its 
<laughs> so it only holds like what one shell? Four or five, maybe. Uh, five is yeah. Four to five is pretty standard. Five five to six is kind of your regular twelve gauge. So yeah, that that drove me nuts. But I it's it's your classic action movie trope of good like they'll never run out of yeah of of bullets or slugs. We have this big battle going on. I thought Skeletor could really be doing more here. And yeah, he's really just observing, especially yeah. since, like, He-Man gets out of his chains. He's, like, knocking over huge stone statues. Yeah. He's swinging across he shit. Bare like, he knuckle, around. Yeah, yeah. He bare-knuckle punches a bunch of the uh, the stormtroopers right in front of Skeletor. Like, Skeletor has a clean view to him and so laser like Skeletor vision. Skeletor's like, yeah. no, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I'll take my toys and go home, stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, so, he wins playing too rough. Now, <laughs> during this, though, he does, of course, scream at his men not to kill He-Man because he wants him alive. Mm. Ostensibly to, like, kill him himself. But honestly, at this point, who's going to believe him? Uh, so, we, yeah, we get our big battle scene. Lots of things. Lots of stormtroopers die. And uh, at one point, He-Man, yeah, he takes cover behind a giant statue. Skeletor blasts it and kind of weakens it. And then uh, He-Man pushes it over. And it basically scares four stormtroopers to death because they're not hit by it. Yeah. But they, they're they like beside it, it falls, and they all just... <laughs> mm, <dive laughs> which is great. Yeah. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, at this point, Evelyn... She's she's seen this movie before. Oh yeah, she, writings, uh, writings on the wall. Yeah. yeah, she's she knows these two well enough to know which way the wind's blowing. So she she just fucks off with uh, I think Karg, Karg and, and the Beast Man. Yeah, and yeah. she she signals a retreat and just walks out of the film. Yeah, <laughs> setting up the sequel. Yes, yeah. He Man reaches the throne, pulls his sword free from the holder. Uh, despite Skeletor keeps shocking him with his his now gold force lightning. And the lightning really seems to have no effect on He-Man at all. Like, it fucked up Julie. It, it gave her, like, these, mm. like, it tore her to pieces. He-Man is, I guess, made of He-Man energy, and mm. he doesn't give a shit. Sterner stuff. Uh, we finally get the I have the power yeah, line. pulls the sword out, raises it above his head. Exactly. Uh, and this is one of those moments I mentioned before where I think they expected the audience to just wildly fucking cheer mm. for a minute in the in the <laughs> movie yeah, theater. They make, they make a meal of it. Mm-hmm. Uh and then we get our final battle yeah. where they clearly ran out of money because they just turned the lights off <laughs> yes. and, and like have like car headlights shining into the set as uh, He-Man and Skeletor have a little sword fight mm-hmm. uh, where He-Man uh, quickly gets the upper hand, smashes yes. his staff in half. That takes away his uh, gold uh, <laughs> armor. Uh, Lost all his gold accessories. And, yeah, And uh, we get a great. La- I think the last great Skeletor line, because he bans like it's over Skeletor, and he's like, maybe perhaps for, for you. you, and yeah. he like pulls another sword out. So the fight continues a bit, but then He Man ultimately uh, Darth Vader or mm-hmm. Emperor's his ass and throws him into a pit. I thought it was I thought it was telling here because He Man breaks Skeletor's staff, yeah, and that that breaks Skeletor's hold on the the power of Eternia basically, and. Then He-Man stops. He-Man stops and and to deliver his line, it's over. You know, it's over, Skeletor. It's over. We can do this fight again next Saturday morning. That's it, right? (laughs) Because, and this was the point where I realized, I was like, oh, like, this is... This is just He-Man's day job, right? (laughs) Because he might might not have the obsession that Skeletor has, 
But he clearly has Skeletor at his mercy and has every single reason in the universe to kill Skeletor right here. And he still can't do it. And even like even Skeletor's I use quote here death scene. I still don't get the sense and maybe just the way that it was shot. It could have been more clearly, but it, it seemed like Skeletor kind of lost his balance and fell into the very convenient bottomless pit that exists in the throne room of Eternia for reasons, well, but it's not bottomless. It isn't bottomless, but it, it I was going to say, we don't know that that until the, the, the after credits, the post, the post, the after credits scene. It, it seemed to me, I was just like, okay, okay. You two, I'm on to both of you now. Yeah. Right. Um, it's just like, they're really kinky. Like, this is their, yeah, that's what they're yeah. into it. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Because they're just like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. And Skeletor, he falls down this pit, and he actually kind of fade. There's a fade out on him mm. that that is interesting. Because it, it doesn't like, it's not like he shrinks into oblivion, but he actually kind of fades. And I think they might have wanted to do it like it's misty or something. He was fading mm. into the mist. But it honestly looks like when you're in Premiere Pro and you're just using like a fade Dissolve. effect on a transition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he really just dissolves out of the movie. It's, uh, we won. Hey, yeah. congratulations. So Skeletor is uh, vanquished. Uh, there's a little bit of a time jump where yeah. uh, Julie has I been fixed. this yeah. time jump. Uh, 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 what's, what's the cop's name again? Lubick. Lubick is like hailed as a hero. They yeah. give him a slave wife for yeah, some reason, they which sure is strange. Yeah. He's like, oh, it, fucking, it, I got a castle, got, got, a, got a great it, woman, some kind of retirement. He's got a seat next to the throne of Eternia. Yeah. yeah. What, what is it like he's such i would a feel like meathead. julie and like kevin should have that yeah. Like, yeah a joint seat or something like lubick comes in shoots like four stormtroopers and it is final like he's the hero of attorney it's a yeah. man's world man it sure is uh it's a so, lubick world. but it's it's really funny too because the the jump cut is like immediate from the victory to mm. this this kind of post victory uh everyone's yeah. saying goodbye star wars medal ceremony yeah yeah um now and then lubick says he's he's staying put yeah of course it's, it's his retirement and yeah he's like why would i ever leave and i'm like yeah. okay well i can't i can't argue with that uh, uh something we didn't bring up before mm. is they're always saying good journey to each other yes and this is where tila gets to have the uh, a moment where she doesn't hate julia anymore, yes yeah. and it's just like don't say goodbye we say good journey yeah well, <laughs> she, i was like i was like i think it a kiss <laughs> <laughs> well julie's going back to her own dimension so she's not a threat anymore so that's, yeah, that's why. True, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tila can fake it for you five know, minutes. To... I saw this through a sapphic lens. Yeah. Oh, okay, yes. so <laughs> I was like, "Oh wow!" Um, but uh, Gwildor, with his fucking bows all tied into his fucking beard, yeah. uh, says, uh, makes the offer. He's just like, "You know, this is also a time machine. I can put take you anywhere." And they're just like, "Just take us fucking home. Just send I, us right back." Where I was from. immediately furious because. I, I, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, okay, I know what's going to happen. But then Kevin's just like, no, no, no I can't think of any but he, possible Shut the fuck reason. up, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> I want my dead parents back. Yeah, yeah. I thought Julie was going to do that, but she doesn't pick up on it until, of course, they're walking yeah. through the portal. But Gwildor was already planning it because he looks at them like, oh, oh, yeah, no time travel, huh? No? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see about that. And he, yeah. fucking, he already knew what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, but Julie yeah, tries to yell back, wait, there is uh, somewhere that I do want to go. And then, like, it's a dream. Then, for some reason, wakes up in bed. Yeah, that so makes the, no uh, sense. Yeah, the 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 way the cosmic key is used is fucking. There's no. Consistency. It's so. It's so <laughs> yeah. inconsistent. So wakes up in bed as if it was all a dream. 
uh, goes downstairs. Very strange, bland, white room that she has. Yeah. Like all of her, all the every content, everything in the room is white as well. Like yeah. it's that bland. Like even fucking, her posters are mostly yeah, white. Posters, yeah, posters. There's a dinosaur skeleton something there. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but she goes downstairs uh, to see the, her parents who mm-hmm. are alive Super because alive. she went back in time. Uh, and I do love that she's just like, no, you can't go. Or like, I, I want to go to the beach now. And they're like, that's fine. Your dad's a great pilot. No, he's not. No, <laughs> yeah, uh, no. no uh, from hindsight that he is not. Well, I, I feel like he got that um, that pilot that pilot license like he he saw an ad in the newspaper and he just sent in a $50 check oh yeah 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 they sent him official pilot's license <laughs> and yeah Julie is just like I love you but <laughs> and I'm she, stealing she's I'm steals, stealing your yeah, plane she's like you're keys. not going anywhere yeah and she runs out of the house because she's she's just got the keys and she's run out of the house and Kevin is running towards grandmotherly <laughs> yeah. nightgown yeah. on like yeah which every I assume every t- teenage girl in the eighties definitely wore to bed yeah and Kevin is fully clothed and he's running towards her house screaming because oh, he slept like that because uh, yeah <laughs> I fully believe Kevin would fall like fall asleep like yeah. watching a scrambled fucking porno channel like. <laughs> or i feel like he, Kev, uh kevin sleeps in his van that's what i feel like yeah. oh yeah that's true we never see kevin's digs so yeah it could just be van and uh they they meet up they hug on the street and he's like your parents like he's just clued in that like oh wouldn't it be great if we were back in time oh we might be back in time and uh so they they celebrate together and before they left eternia Julie was given a uh, a gemstone that allows them to just see fun bits of Eternia. So they they both look into the gem and they're you know, like, like Eternia. Oh, it was, we were there. We were there. Yeah, and you see Castle Grayskull, that beautiful matte uh, painting, and you see He Man in the foreground, who's superimposed, just doing his "I Have the Power." And then and, we get into uh, Bill Conti's great score again, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and the movie then the credits is over. take us away until uh, the very last bit after credit sequence yes. where. Uh, uh, um, Skeletor comes up from the red goop. It looks like floors. The show floor is lava. It looks oh like that God. shit. Mm-hmm. He pops up and he's just like, "I'll, I'll back be or back." Something like I think that. he's just saying, "I'll be back." I think he gives us like almost the classic Terminator yeah. line. Yeah, and uh, that's it. Uh, spoiler alert: He would not, in fact, be back. There's no sequels. There were no sequels. I dearly wish there were. Oh and, man, yeah, uh, yeah. We have four Beastmasters, and like none of this. Like, yeah. Boy, this yeah. this movie is so much fucking fun. Yeah, I just like I I had this for the longest time as one of the movies that I'd kind of picked out for my bad movie nights because all I had to go on was a bunch of fucking plebeian philistines that <laughs> that, that raided this movie and were just like this is such a trash fire like you'll have fun making fun of this. Yeah. I had fun watching it, <laughs> just taking it in. Yeah. yeah, it's silly, it's campy, the effects range from pretty darn good to really bad <laughs> uh but like have some fun in your life like I, I if you can't appreciate this movie i don't know what to tell you there is so much here that is actually charming yeah. legitimately charming and fun and yeah he-man really isn't the main character of this movie nor should he be right because he's not super interesting More of a force in nature he's, yeah he's just kind of this big brick of a man that just goes around wrecking shit, yeah. right? Like he is, it's he's more, more of a tool to, to be watch used. and be yeah. supported. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And, and the movie, I think, to its credit, realizes this because all of the other characters are pretty well done. Yeah. And I'm including in this my favorite character of all time, Skeletor. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> Frank Lagella knocks that shit out of the park and he makes him actually deep right he could yeah. have he could have been a nothing character right like just the the big evil force the the thing that has to go be defeated skeletor i spent half of the movie trying to figure out like his inner workings what made yeah. him tick why did he want to be the master of yeah. the universe what were his plans what are his social policies <laughs> yeah. what, like because he's not just a, a, a saturday morning cartoon villain in this it's not like he wants to destroy the universe he wants to run it and he very clearly has ideas and he's not all that violent he's he's as violent as any kind of old school dictator which isn't to say that he is he is good or anything or that you know his rule is great but he's he's got a lot of human elements to him that make him fascinating to me and the more we've talked about it here and this is going to be one of the longer episodes for sure but I, I love this movie even more for having discussed it with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I still, I tell people to this day, the reason I picked it overall, anytime I talk about it, this is my favorite movie. Every time I watch it, I get something new out of it. Every time I show it to somebody, they, they aren't disappointed. You know, like, even if it, like it's, you know, they, they don't normally watch a campy, weird movie like this, they're not they don't feel their time has been wasted and it really it doesn't it doesn't waste your time there's all these little fun things everybody's doing the the they make use of a lot of things there really isn't any glaring pot plot holes that can't just you know be washed away or anything like it's it it's uh it's put together well like it's it's shot at least competently like there's nothing like spielbergian about it but like it's it's well put together it doesn't look bland um, there's all the science fantasy elements, the weird little things that they made for the movie the, and, and the props and stuff that they all have. And yeah, it's just fun. And I like And even though I'm not usually a fan of the let's take it out of the fantasy world to go to Earth modern times and do a mix up. Um, but I, I liked the, the, the human characters that we had for this to, to go along with. You know, you can you can get into what they're they're doing. Of all the movies I've seen in that kind of fish out of water, but fantasy genre where, yeah, you you put weird things on earth and, and you have to deal with them. This might be one of the better done ones, honestly. I, I, think. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it is yeah. because if they had stayed in Eternia the whole time, I think it turns into more of Flash Gordon. And I, mm -hmm. I almost feel like they probably would have run out of steam on trying to yeah. do that. And money. Yeah. Probably. Yes. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, the, I guess just to, to my absolute finalist of final thoughts is when you're watching this movie, please pay attention to the characters. Because the, the best part of this movie isn't the set pieces, it's not the battles. It's the little things they do during yeah, conversations. Facial tics. The facial and... tics, the way they interact with each other is so fun. And it's so, like for a movie that's that's so divorced from reality, yeah. they do their absolute best to make these characters likable and believable. And if you're paying attention to, to the way they look at each other and the way they deliver their dialogues, not so much for Dolph, but for everyone else, they, you can tell that a lot of this was done with love and I, I just can't get enough of it. Gabby, what did you think? I, I thought it was, it was fun. It was cheesy. It was campy. Um, yeah, but there are like some moments and I'm just like, they, they could have went like, Especially with Tila and Courtney Cox's character, maybe because like 
don't know, time or money constraints, but they didn't have like a lot of time together, but they didn't really build that like anti-woman sort of deal. It's just mm. like, oh, you're, you're, you're into my man, all that shit. And I'm kind of glad that Corny Cox's character and He-Man didn't really have like that romantic subplot that I think a lot of those like. Oh, for sure. <laughs> where, yeah. Where the, yeah. The, the woman from Earth is enamored by the. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And I think it, like it just makes the, her like look like really human. Like she's she's just freaked out because like mm. why wouldn't you be like mm-hmm. there's like these like creatures coming in your like attacking you and running yeah. after you and all this shit. <laughs> and, Can't think about boning He-Man when you're being attacked by literal beastmen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I think uh, I think I'd watch it again. Yeah. Oh, and you probably will. I know mm-hmm. I've watched it a ton. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right, folks, that's gonna about do it for this one. Thank you so so much for listening. We had a blast with Masters of the Universe. I hope that you guys did too. And much like Skeletor, or maybe more than Skeletor. We'll be back. I have the power. (laughs) Good journey. Good journey. Don't, don't say goodbye. Say good journey. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, join the cult today by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Help us grow the cult by sharing it with your friends, family, and that masked stranger hiding in your closet. Finally, you can connect with us on Facebook at The Video Cult or on Instagram and TikTok at video underscore cult 666.